Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 331. Hopefully you've had an amazing day. I know I've got an amazing guest with us tonight. You've seen him around the chats, and now you're going to see him firsthand. Cheddar Bob 13, you want to tell us how you're doing and where we can find you tonight? Hey, Eagle, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, let's see, I'm out of... I'm out of Maine. I'm out of the coast of Maine, a place called Mount Desert Island. Um, so it's pretty pretty late here. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm out on the coast of Maine. Uh, I live on the same island as Blue of Green Tank. I don't know how many people have heard of him uh, on the on the guests or on the. Uh, on the chat, but, uh, we've been friends for a long time. So, you know, we bounce ideas off each other here and there and yeah. Nice. Nice. And it's uh cheddar Bob 13 on Instagram, right? Is that how they, uh, yeah. Cheddar Bob 13 on Instagram, on YouTube and on cannabis. So. Appreciate you taking the time to come hang out tonight. Uh, you are in the chats quite a bit. And I appreciate you being part of the community, man. You know, it takes it. It takes everybody to make this thing happen. And uh, you know, thank you for you know, being in chat and taking the time to hang out tonight, bro. Absolutely, man. And the, you know, I've been I've been growing for twenty years, and as as you know, twenty years ago there was none of this sort of stuff going on. You know, it was all very hush hush. And with the explosion of the internet, like the amount of information available to us now and shows like yours that just are so full of open source information. um, It's amazing. It's so helpful to all of us that have been doing it for years and for all of us that are just starting. Um, so, you know, hats off to you, man. Like you, you're part of the reason why all of us are learning. Um, you and Subcool and Future Cannabis Project and, and all of you guys, like putting all of us in one platform to be able to, to learn from each other is, is A1. So. I agree very much so, you know, you know, I, it sounds like we're checking in right about the same amount of time on the grow there. I've been about 20 years plus or minus a few months there, but, uh, you know, I'm jealous of a lot of these people that are just starting out or have started out in the last few years. Like you said, man, they've got such a better start than we had when we started out, man. I mean, it was all trial and error. Nowadays, man, you want to start to learn and grow cannabis, you flip on the YouTube or whatever, and it's it's endless. Whatever you want to know, it's right there. Yeah, it's there right in front of you. And you, you, you talk about growing pains, like like people that have been doing it as long as we have, and you know, for in even shorter amount of time for some places. Like, man, you were taught trial and error was you know, if you got lucky, you met an old head that grew killer cannabis and would 
you know, maybe show you a couple tricks or tell you a couple things, but all those secrets that all of us take for granted now, um, you know, they were held really, really tight. So, uh, it's, it's just crazy how far this, this world has come, you know, everything right at our fingertips. You know, you just kind of mentioned another thing there is uh, the secrets that we would have had back then, you held on to. You know what I mean? And nowadays, it's like you walk in, you're like, that's the what you lead out on. You know what I mean? Have you seen what I've been doing? You know what I mean? That's the first tip you're giving away in hopes yeah. that, you know, you're going to get a little bit back, you know, and it's it's really great what a community we had. Yeah. And, you know, like, so for me, as a 20, 20 year grow, I first, I grew my first plant in 2000. I just recently uh, fallen off a cliff and I, I crushed my, my throat. And so after that, I was supposed to be on a whole bunch of, you know, pharmaceuticals and stuff, but I, I had family history with that sort of thing. So I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do the pharmaceuticals. So I, I started growing cannabis and using hash oil way back then, um, you know, for my pain, discomfort and stuff. And I just, I just never stopped. So uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but. <laughs> oh, so I'm just, well, we're going to, kind of bouncing all over the place but yeah that's that's uh, me and my my add i'm just kind of like bing 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 so bear with me if you if you can you know? oh no 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 it's we i can tell this is going to be a good conversation already yeah, <laughs> when it leads off like this when we get ahead of ourselves right off the bat that means yeah, that's right? a good conversation ahead we haven't even yeah. had chance to start from the beginning yet but i, <laughs> I can't help but i can't help but wonder you know how high of a fall was that, man? And so, yeah, it's pretty awesome that you were rock climbing, by the way, first of all. Uh, well, awesome. but it would have been super awesome if I was rock climbing. But unfortunately, I was 19 years old doing 19-year-old stuff. Um, and there's actually like a, a cliff walk um, right, on, right on the water. I live on an island. It's like a pretty much a a resort island in Maine. And, uh, you know, I had been drinking all night and I uh, was smoking some cannabis and I did the the flounder flop. I don't know if, if you're familiar with that. That's what we call it up here in Maine, the flounder flop. So, you know, when uh, you, tell me. you know, sometimes when you take a hit of cannabis and everything kind of, and you get the, the little black kind of like sparkles do you ever get that yeah, on a real good yeah. singer? So what, yeah, that yeah. happened to me and I, uh, I fell off the, the walkway. So it's about 18 feet down to these like jagged rocks with the water coming up. And uh, I fell like a lawn dart, just head first unconscious and landed, landed on my throat and crushed my cricoid cartilage. Um, my friends picked me up and I climbed back up the cliff and walked to the hospital and yeah, 
got shipped down to Boston. Uh, they did an experimental surgery on my neck and uh, the rest is history. So I have like a titanium, titanium throat. That's insane. You're lucky to be here with us talking to us now. Yeah, the, uh, the doctor said that, well, this is the first, the first surgery that had ever been performed. Um, so completely experimental, first one in the, in the world. And um, he said the only, the only damage that people had seen with, with that type of trauma to the neck were on cadavers were on like studied dead people that they actually do work on to to learn you know in in medical school and stuff so funny enough come to find out that my doctor the guy that basically saved my life is the same doctor for like bill clinton and uh adele and uh mick jagger and so he's like a celebrity doctor and somehow i just ended up on his list of of people to help so pretty thankful for that yeah that's a hell of a luck of a draw for a doctor there as well but yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah but like i was saying for for me as a home grower and being a you know a a self-professed very lazy home grower um that does it for a hobby you know seeing some of your guests and some of you uh, yourself included that are also perhaps doing it home grow but the the knowledge that you guys retain is is amazing and that you, you 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 give out is in in such uh easiest way to put it is a a learnable way for those of us that perhaps you know aren't so focused on the exact functions of what's happening in the soil you guys you guys give us a glimpse into that world you know um it's it's awesome like myself i don't i have all of lowenfeld's books i've read them but for some reason i just it doesn't, it doesn't click with me. So I go on intuition, plant intuition, soil intuition, um, and stuff like that. So to, to hear your side of it, um, or not your side, but that side of it explained in, in such an easy way is, is awesome. That's smiley. A lot of great people they bring on. That's for sure. There's so there is so much great knowledge out there, and it is you know I think it's better come from like you said, from grower to grower because they've taken the technical terms out of it, like you said, in more of a uh, epicate way. You know, it's hey, let's cut the bullshit out. It's x x x. Follow that, and you've got a recipe for success. Exactly. They, they can cut it down, but then they can also explain to you like exactly what acid interacts with what gland in the plant and, you know, hits what cycle in photosynthesis with which spectrum, like the retention of that knowledge is I, I'm, I'm very uh, jealous of that in a, in a sense. 
Uh, me too. A lot of them. The way that I, I'm actually jealous of the way a lot of them can hold back uh, all the strains. You give them a strain, they give you the lineage right off the top of their head, man. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I write that shit down. For some reason, I've got a brain that picks up like song lyrics. You know, I can hear a song once and be able to usually repeat it back to you. But a lot of these strain names and or strains, genetics and stuff, I have to write down. I have to write it down. I, you know, I'm jealous of like Jack and them guys that can sit there right off the top of their head. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have, I have some things that I'm really good at, but like that cannabis stuff that, that those guys spit out, I'm, I'm so envious. It's, uh, it's, you know, I I'm sitting here, I'm like, so I have this 12 seed cover crop. I have a 12 seed cover crop. I'm going to use it. I know there's clover. I know there's some vetch. I know that they're nitrogen fixing. I know that process. But, you know, if you ask me to explain it in in proper terms, I I wouldn't be able to do it like they do it, you know. And I, I don't know if that makes me makes me less knowledgeable or 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 what, but it's it's just something to behold when they start talking. It's like it's a be- it's a beautiful art. There's there's savants. You know, it doesn't make you any less of a grower to not understand the complete process. I don't yeah. think that in any any way, shape, or form. You know, I've said this a lot of times, uh, comparing it to, you know, like a race car driver. A lot of them guys get in there and drive the car. They give two shits on how the motor runs or whatever. They're, they you know. They they want to drive. Their thing's fucking yeah. driving. They're not wrenching on it. You know what I mean? So it's basically the kind of same thing you know you don't necessarily need to know every little intricate detail to be able to grow the plant you know what i mean but that's in the same aspect that's one of the beautiful things of this plant is you know it seems to bring the better out of you once you throw them seeds in the ground it's like an instant character change you know what i mean you find yourself just kind of concentrating on that plant and it you know it's it becomes more of a spiritual grow it really does you know you come in there you it's almost like a meditating experience while you're doing your your uh deleafing your defoliating and all that it's a ritual but you know yeah yeah and then you know as you you progress it's it's making you want to learn more and more. It makes you a better person, you know what I mean? You start wondering how all these processes go. I mean, did they sit there and make this stupid stoner stereotype? But I don't know that of any grower that I know of. Every grower that I know of has like a, a, a young mind, if you will. You know, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. It isn't, yeah. you know. Cannabis sponge. Yeah, it brings the best out of you. It really does. Yeah. Um, you know, like I I found that I've I've always grown uh organically for myself. Um I have used bottle bottled nutrients for, for other grows that I've done for other people, but always organic for myself. And um I took a few years off after kids. And uh, got back into it once Maine finally uh, legalized it. And uh, Blue 
showed me his living soil setup and it blew me away that I hadn't been doing this for so long before that. Like I was your typical organic user, you know, maybe use your soil twice, but then you chuck it out in the woods, um, you know, and then add all your stuff back into the next soil. Because when I was growing, we didn't, we didn't put two and two together with the worms and the microbes and the rhizosphere and how all of that was so symbiotic. Um, you know, so we just dumping it out. Mycelium mushrooms are popping up, you know, you'd be like, Oh no, you got to kill those. What ah, mushrooms. It's too wet. You got to let it dry out. Uh, so when I found this living soil method, uh, it completely changed my view of organic growing. You know, it made me care about something more than just my final product, just just the the plant. Like now I care about what's in the soil, what's going on in the soil, because I understand that there there is something going on. You know, it's not just the roots are you know, finding some nitrogen here and finding some phosphorus and blah, 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 and gobbling it up. There's actually a, a system going on. Uh, so there's a, with, I feel with living soil comes this understanding of a, a whole nother realm of life. Like, like Horton, here's a who, you know what I mean? I do, I do. It is a whole separate Thing there it's a fascinating little world going on there the way plants can interact with each other the way you know they can pass nutrients there's a lot more that's going on there than meets the eye once you start you know pulling back that that carpet if you will uh it is pretty fascinating everything that's going on there. pull back the hood yeah uh, yeah so before we get too deep into the grow, I guess let's start back from the beginning. Let's find out, you know, your first time when you smoked and what led you up to to actually, you know, grow. Oh man! So, so I, to be honest, I was uh, that kid that everyone hated up until I was about seventeen. So I was huge into sports. Um, you know, I like every kid that age, you want to be a professional sports athlete. So all of my focus was on sports. Um, and then I, I blew my ACL out. And that was pretty much the end of any sort of sp- high school sport career I, I could have thought of. So um, I think I was about 17 was the first time that I smoked. So around 90, 96, 97. And it was a, with a friend of mine in the back of this like super rich person's woods. Uh, just kind of sitting there and he, he pulled some out and we, we smoked it. I think he stole it from his parents or something like that. And uh, yeah, that was my first introduction to cannabis. And then I didn't smoke for a while after that. Um. Then about, I don't know, 18, 19, I, I, I got into the drug phase and pretty much anything I could get my hands on. And I never stopped smoking cannabis since. So 
Yeah. So, you know, when you did start there after the accident, uh, what was the first grow like? I mean, tell us about that first setup. I I can. So uh, I have a very good friend who had been growing for years. Um, He'd been growing some uh, Cali mist crossed with a, at the time was a Rudialis that we didn't know was, well, that I didn't know was a Rudialis. It was uh, called a Mighty Mite. Great strain for Maine. And he had also pheno hunted a Durban poison that flowered uh, in eight weeks instead of like 10 or 11. Um, so back in like, geez, this would have been 90, 98, 99, right around there. Um, you know, he was pumping out this, this eight week Durban poison. That was, that was really, really nice. Uh, so I had moved from my hometown to another place and I was like, I'm going to grow some of this Durban poison. So I cleaned out our little walk-in closet. Right. And I bought probably because back then, like you, you didn't go buy an HPS light. You didn't go buy a metal halide light. You didn't, there were no ceramic metal halides. There were no LEDs. There were, tube fluorescents um, that were just the white bulbs, the four footers. Uh, and there were like stolen streetlights, or you could buy a bunch of like the, the garage 50 Watts or 150 Watts, but you would most likely like steal a big, like 600 or thousand watt streetlight, or maybe someone's floodlight from somewhere or something. I didn't go that route. <laughs> I went to the local hardware store and I bought those, I bought like 50 of those 24 watt um, over the counter tube lights, <laughs> like legit 50 of them. I, I, I like, it was, it was crazy. And I screwed those in to the inside of the closet, like a, like a phototron. You remember the old phototron, you know, the mirrors and they were just around it. So that's what I had envisioned in my head. So they were on the side, they were on the bottom, they were on the top there. I, you, there was like two little strips. You kind of had to like, you know, walk through uh, over some of the lights and I think I had like, oh, my buddy gave me like 20 seeds. And I, I think I, I got like eight or maybe 10 of them to grow. And they were in these like three gallon little buckets. And uh, you know, they came out like shit. They were horrible, you know, but they smoked. Funny story. I, I was so proud of it. You know, your first grow especially being illegal and doing it like all secret, no one knowing. And uh, so here I am, I'm 19 years old. I'm I'm wicked proud of this cannabis that I just grew. So my family had a wedding. So we went down there and I I met, um, we'll just call him a a relative. a relative that I really, really wanted to impress, you know, 
And uh, so I gave it to him and he, um, he was like, what's this? And I go, well, I, I grew this and I'd like you to try it and tell me what you think. He's like, looking in his hand. Okay. All right. All right. So about an hour and a half, two hours goes by and he, I, I noticed that he wasn't around. So he had obviously gone and, you know, rolled up a tinfoil pipe or something like that because, or a, or a can because he didn't carry around a glass pipe um, back then. And so he comes back and I can tell his eyes are a little red. And I said, Hey, did you, did you smoke that? I said, yeah, I did. I said, well, what'd you think? Because it being my first plan, I was proud and I had smoked it. And I was like, it's, it's all right. He was like, this is the worst shit I have ever smoked in my life. It is trash. And I was like, oh, like my, my heart just like fell out of my feet. And I was like, son of a bitch. All right. All right. Okay, here we go. So the wedding happened, my, my cousin happens to be Korean. Uh, so we had a bunch of Korean food. And that person asked me to make them a plate of food. And so I did. And they had these giant balls of wasabi, like half the size of like golf balls. So I put a couple of those on there and some other stuff. And I brought the plate over and he, eats a couple things and he gets that ball of wasabi and he's, he's looking at it like this. Oh, what's this? And I was like, Oh, it's a avocado ball. Go ahead. Pop the whole thing in. And man, he popped that in his mouth and started chewing. He got about four or five chews into it and you could see his face start to distort and his nostrils flare out. And drool just started, green drool started pouring down over his beard and snot. And his eyes started watering. And he's, oh, Cedric! You know, it's just, just screaming. It was like he got maced, but in the mouth. Oh, he was. So I got him back for calling my shit cannabis shit cannabis. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, man. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Soon as you said the wasabi ball, I was thinking, "Oh, that shit's hot." Yeah, <laughs> it's shit's hot. Yeah. <laughs> it, secondly, I want to say, man, how funny! If how I don't know how to say it correctly here, how hilariously similar our grows our our first grows sound like they were. To be honest with you. Because it Big sounds lot. like we went, sound like we picked out like the same recipe, except I didn't lay them on the floor, but it was a bunch of the T12s, the fucking original <laughs> fat, you know, yep. plant bulbs that you could buy at fucking the fucking wherever you could buy them, wherever the, you buy them. That's the local hardware store. When I remember from there, the, I, I'm cutting you off because this is your story. From there, it was. I remember I got when I first got the fucking original T5s. When I first got a T5, I was like, oh, 
that is a lot brighter. I'm going to kick ass. <laughs> you know, I bought a couple of T5s before I yeah, set right. up. But let up, let the T8s on the walls. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to crush it this round. Yeah. But, yeah, it was oh, so fun. It's fun. I'm sitting, that's why I'm sitting there smiling so big the whole time you're saying it. I'm like, I did the same fucking thing. This sounds so, yeah. so fucking similar. I can't believe, I, uh, you know, I feel like, Possibly our stories are many, many people's stories for people our age. You know, I'm I'm 40 now, and uh, I think all of us pretty much started off the same way indoor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking way too risky to go outdoors back then. You know what I mean? Even now, I still don't like the thought of going outdoors, but I'm... I got to get over that shit. I got to get over that shit. I'm tired of watching everybody else grow these trees outdoors. But, you know, yeah. it's kind of a, you know, I, I look at it this way for me. It's a little bit of a security risk just because I'm a perpetual. You know what I mean? Why do I want to bait myself outside when I'm doing it all the time? You know what I mean? It just gives them a reason to come around and look <laughs> the first time and then look again. Yep. Yeah. You know, I, I always end up throwing like one or two plants outside, but my my climate here on the coast of Maine, so I live on the, I live on a Mount Desert Island. It's the third largest island or four, maybe fourth largest island on the East Coast. And where I am, we we stick out kind of far into the ocean, like for for where we are. So we always have this fog bank in the morning and we always have this fog bank in the afternoon. Um, we get very little like full sunshine. It's always super humid. So we deal with a lot of um, bud rot and PM like through the whole friggin' like the whole grow. You're either dealing with PM and veg and through flower or you're dealing with bud rot like i don't know from week three or four of flower all the way through just because it's so humid uh stuff doesn't burn off and it's i find it extremely difficult to grow outdoors um and i always have but this year this year i put up a hoop house and those plants did a lot better but you know you still you still you still have to deal with pests. You deal with your outdoor pests. You still, still dealing with oh, so many different variables with outdoors um, that you don't have to really deal with indoors. And yes, it may be a, a fuller spectrum plant, and you may get these huge plants, but the the secondary issues that come with that just lose the lose the the umph, the interest, the the gratitude for growing, you know, outdoors. So we're still getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves here. You know, I kind of, I've kind of led, led the story on a little bit myself, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so how did, how did it, how did you progress there? What was your next few uh, improvements that you made? Uh, oh, you, geez. You know, you know I, um, Let's see. So when I moved back to the island, um, 
that's that's what I ended up doing. I, I grew in that closet for like two years, um, you know, just putting out small little tiny buds, not really knowing any better at the time because although my friends grew killer cannabis, they weren't about to tell me also how to grow killer cannabis at that time because then it's, you know, it would have been, you know, it would have been a direct threat to their livelihood. And that's, that's how it rolled back then. So that's, that's what it was. So you, you had to go through that trial and error. So when I moved back to the Island, I, I scored some, uh, a thousand watt metal halide and a thousand watt, um, high pressure sodium. And, uh, I was renting this apartment above this garage. It was free electricity. So I had those things fucking blaring up in the, in the guest bedroom. I had built like a fake half wall, um, out of sheetrock and, uh, I had those hooked up and I was actually growing. I actually just found them the other day, but I, I was growing what we just called a, a haze. Um, and unbeknownst to me at the time, nobody liked it. Everybody hated it because it, it smelled and it tasted like cat piss. And this is, this is back in like 2003, four, maybe, maybe five. I can't quite remember the year. Um, but now everyone's talking about cat piss. You know what I mean? Like it's everyone wants cat piss. And uh, so back then I was, I was, I was, I guess, I don't know for sure because we didn't, we didn't have names of plants. We had like Northern Lights and Skunk and Haze. And that's pretty much all that you grew here um, back then. Uh, you know, a little, you'd get lucky if someone had stuff like the Durban Poison my buddy had or that Cali Mist, but they weren't letting cuttings out. They weren't they weren't letting seeds out or anything like that. So you were pretty much stuck to growing what you got in bag seed, or if you were lucky enough, someone would let you have a couple seeds. If you promised not to go and sell any of it, it was just for you and your head stash because you'd get your teeth knocked in. If they found out you were, <laughs> you were growing it for sale, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I just kept growing that haze for myself for a long time. I grew some uh, bubble gum. Uh, that was that was my favorite plant uh, to grow back then. Bubble gum was was amazing back in the early uh, early two thousands. So yeah, I pretty much just grew those for about I don't know six seven years. Uh, had a kid, took some time off, and then started growing uh, again with living soil. So, and now so I'm. What I'm, were you growing? Was you in soil back then? Yeah, I was, was in soil. The, I was in soil. soil. I was your, I was your typical dolomite lime. You know, green sand, uh, oyster shell flower, um, your King Neptune's kelp liquid, um, 
just I can't even remember everything else that I use, but I was on that that organic side. So I I have a background in organic growing, but it's I, I was never, you know, like cannabis isn't my life like it is some other people's. You know what I mean? Um, like I'm saying, I, I'm a home grower. I'm also I'm a commercial fisherman. Uh, we have five kids. My wife has a business. So my if I were to sit down and focus on all of the intricacies of growing cannabis, like some people are able to, you know, my, my life and my livelihood would fall apart. So I, I keep it really, really friggin' simple, as simple as I can. But I forgot. So, your question. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty awesome, man. Fucking uh, fisherman, huh? That's pretty dangerous livelihood there as well. It, it certainly can be, yeah. I mean, um, uh, yeah, I've, I've lost family members to sea. Uh, I've lost friends out to sea. Um, I've, been in, I've been in scary situations myself. You know, I've fished with my father and I've fished with my best friend. Um, and my, my family has been fishing for generations. Um, uh, they founded, they actually founded the town that I, that I live in. So <clears throat> we've been here for a, a really, really long time, either making boats or, uh, or fishing, fishing the, the sea. So I can't help but wonder as we sit here talking about that, I mean, a lot of, Fishes can be a secret sauce in the grows. You know what I mean? Have you ever tried to incorporate some of the stuff off the boat from into your grow? Maybe some of the waters from the storage tanks or shit like that. You know what I mean? That would be, you know, not, uh, not, not any of the waters I have used, like the lobster shells and the crab shells, uh, mussel shells, stuff like that. Kelp and uh, seaweed. Uh, what I'm, what I'm kind of interested in trying is, uh, getting some of the, the mud and the dirt from the bottom of the ocean from like my cousin's dragon for scallops, which yes, is, is horrible for the bottom of the ocean, but it's, it's there, it's our livelihood, you know, some there's, you know, you got to kind of do this. Um, I know that'll make some people really, really mad, but. I would really like to figure out like that bottom of the ocean that just, I mean, if you think about it, millions and millions and I mean, billions of years old, just sitting there, just sitting there. It's like, maybe it, it could be black gold for, for a grow or, or it could be absolutely detrimental. I don't know. You know, it could be so full of, oils and trash and plastics and stuff like that that it wouldn't be worth touching but i mean it would be interesting to run run a test on that sort of thing but as far as fish and stuff um i've never really used any fish products in my grows for some reason i'm i'm very sensitive to whatever flavor carries over um from like 
fish meal or fish bone meal or just stuff like that. I, I can, I can taste it for some reason. And I, I don't like that. So I don't, I don't use any of that in my grow, but um, yeah, you know, lots of people do and it works out fantastic for the plants. It's just something that, that I choose not to. Nice. Nice. Well, a lot of people say the same thing that, you know, if you don't pull, you know, start flushing it out in, in time, you know, stop feeding it. It does carry over, you know, with a thick taste in the bud. A lot of people are very sensitive to the fish. Uh, so you, you're, you're not alone there by any means. And I think it's more of an oily, like terpene production sort of thing rather than like a, a mineral or a nutrient transfer. I, you know, I, because I, I, don't, I don't feel like if you're feeding, like if you're using, uh, what is it, uh, OH, not OHN, but which is the Korean natural farming with the fish, the uh, fresh fish amino or something like that. Um, and uh, did I cut out? No, 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 you're there. Oh. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not sure to be honest with you, so that's why I'm waiting. For oh, the K and F one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not K oh, now. I can't, I can't sure. see. <laughs> yeah, I can't see the chat. You can't at see chat. No, I don't think so. No. Well, oh, the, if you're on a phone, the other. Yeah, I'm on it? a phone. No, I can't. That's all right. It's probably better. I, I don't think I could read and look at you and talk at the same time, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not multi-talented. I'm, 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 I'm horse blind talented. So. They've said nothing <laughs> but good things. So you should know that. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Nine, yeah well, I'm going to go back watching right now. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, uh, I'm going to go back and watch this and make sure no one said anything shitty about me too. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no nothing but good stuff nothing but good stuff. so i i have a question for you like perpetual do you do you run the same strain perpetual no you're you're always no, switching like, it up yeah yeah there's times where i carry stuff for a good while but lately i've just been moving on I've been Xing out a lot of stuff and just moving forward. But yeah, I've always got at least, I want to say at least 15 floating around, but no, no less than that. It's yeah. I've got to have a, a mix. See where, where I am, we have a, we have a plant count and I refuse to go medical. Um, I, I, I just don't want to be on a list. So we have like a really low, low plant count of like three per person uh recreational so i gotta really maximize what i have in these tents and so i find myself growing a strain or a cultivar rather for like maybe two or three runs so that i get a sense of of what its traits are and how long it'll go and get a general idea 
Um, and then I'll cut it loose and I'll, I'll mark it down whether I, I really liked it and whether I really like growing it so that I can come back to it another time. Cause I, I run regular seeds and I know that there's some variants, but it gives, I feel like it gives you a basic, basic idea of, of what you're looking at for the cultivar. And with, I, I was curious about perpetual, if you found getting to really know a cultivar, um, help you like decide which ones to run longer like is that if i'm asking that right well most of them i i like to tend to let them go anyway you know uh smiley was asking me like that uh, last night about uh the ones we've got here in the earth boxes yeah the side by sides what week they were in and i was like i don't write that shit down <laughs> they're done when they're done, you know. Yeah, what I, I don't mean? And I, you know, and I still do that. You know, I get a, you know, it's. I like them. I I don't even try check the trichomes anymore with the scope or anything. I go completely by the 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 color of the flowers, the hairs on on the calyxes on the hair on the buds. There, I let them all ripen up. Because I know, as you know, somebody that's done this for a while, there's that phase as it goes through. If you naturally let it ripen out there, and as you're flushing out, you get uh, a bulk up. There's a nice little bulk up there. And if yep. you, you start pulling when your hairs are 25, 50%, uh, you pull too quick. You pull too quick. You, you've, you've screwed yourself out of a good harvest there. So, you know, suggested dates by, you know, what I've got on the pack. And usually when you buy the pack anyway, you can add a week or two to whatever they've got on that pack anyway. They're kind of just wanting you to get by for the, 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 it's a convenience time, I think, more or less. They're wanting you to, they're I've, I found myself, I found myself doing the same thing. Like I, I don't know if I have good eyesight, but now I just kind of, I can look at the plants and see the trichome coloration on the flower. So, you know, I just go by that. I don't need a, I don't need a magnifier. I, I like not on the leaves, but on the, on the actual calyxes, you can, you can start to see that when the amber starts coming in and I'm, I'm a very, I, I don't like much amber on my plant because that's the, the degradation of, of THC. So it's not at its peak potency. So when it, I know that when I start to see some amber at the top of the plant, that it doesn't have a whole lot longer left to finish up for, for the way that I prefer to have my cannabis. So, you know, and through trial and error, you know, I've, I've learned that, you know, which is like, I, I don't do a lot of the things that I used to do. Yeah. I'm, you know, I actually, I'm a little bit on the opposite end of that. The little bit of Amber does not bother me at all. I don't think of it as much of a de degradation there, but more of a term of ripeness. Uh, I think, yeah, you might get peak flavor with a little bit more cloudiness, uh, to clear that's peak terps but peak uh, you know 
THC effects. I think that's like more or less in the beauty of the eye of the beholder type thing there. Uh, how you like it yourself. And me, myself, I might be, I might be uh, taking myself out a little bit out of the effects. But like I said, I would get, I would, I would trade a little bit of effects for more, more. You know what I mean? Let them buzz brighten up. One effect on this side for for one effect on this side. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and and that's all total personal preference. You know, absolutely. I would have more product. That's the way I'm looking at it myself. You know, I I would rather have a little bit. I'd trade a little bit of the effects for more weight. You know what I mean? That's what I'm harvesting. That's how I've, I've taken the time to grow this, and I want to get as much out of it as I can naturally. So yeah. you know what I mean? That's why I let it go the extra distance myself. It's and my patients don't seem to mind either. So. If they were, I guess I would adjust for them if they right. were, to, you know, but so far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> Everybody no. seemed to be happy. I mean, you're still going. So, I mean, there, there's something to it, right? Hey, little shout out to uh, Weedus207. His, uh, I got a little pop-up that said he subscribed to my YouTube channel. So, big up to Weedus. I know you're watching, man. Thank you. <laughs> Cool like I said, I, I can't there. see, uh, I can't see chat. So I'll only see you people if you subscribe to my YouTube channel. There you go. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> to be fair enough, he just put a link to your YouTube channel out as you were saying that. So, hey, look at that! Wow. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um. Yeah. So. I uh, I don't know. I've got some. Uh, I I don't have. I you just missed me on harvest. Um, I harvested one tent about two weeks ago, and the other tent about a week ago. So I, I don't. I I've redone my beds. You know, as you can see, I've got uh, I've got my cover crop in and stuff like that. Uh, this bed is going to be running some. Hey, Richard Lamb, thank you. I grew some, thank you. I see you guys, I see you. <laughs> um, but I'm going to be running some uh, uh, tester cultivar for, for boneyard seeds in here. I've got, them, I've got them germinating right now. But Nice, nice. What kind yeah. of light is that right there? Uh, this is the Fluence Spider 2X. So this is their their lowest uh, spider version. It pulls uh, 345 watts from the wall. So not it's not an overly strong light. You know, it's only putting out probably about maybe 850 U moles, maybe 900 at the most, pushing it if you're like you know two or three inches. But it's it's enough for for a hobbyist it's enough to you know not bounce the uh the electricity bill too much so in that respect i you know i i wanted to bounce the electricity bill so i went and got a a 500 watt lit lighting strip for the for the five by five 
And then I also bought a 500 watt ceramic metal halide to uh, compare the two. So wifey was, wifey was, uh, I I wouldn't say happy, but hip grower. How's it going, man? Thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, it's, and it is what it is. They pay you back after time. That's for sure. Yeah. In time. You know, it's, uh, it, it definitely produces, um, it's, it's, it's worth the investment. You know, it's, I, I don't feel like I spent money. I feel like I, I invested money in a, in a light, which is a, which is a good feeling to have. So I, I have nothing but, but good things to say about the company and put out an A1 product. So, and my, I mean, my flower, the terpenes are fantastic, which I think is more of the focus of, of this company is focusing on not, not as much yield, but focusing more on terpene production and what spectrum really fulfills those needs rather than the, the full yield spectrum. So I'm a taste guy. Corrado, how's it going? That's why we're in this, isn't it? If we weren't uh, in it for taste, we would be buying everybody else's swag, wouldn't we? Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> we should taste good, right? It should very much taste good. It yeah. It should very much taste good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I used to be, I used to be one of those guys shooting for yield. Because I thought, I thought, I thought that's what really, really mattered. I, I didn't realize the quality. Also, you know, years ago, I didn't realize that the, the the what quality actually was. You know, what it meant, um, what it felt like. So, uh, you know, now that I'm now that I'm in this style grow, I feel like I've I've I'm starting to, to climb that mountain of, of knowledge, you know, figuring out what quality is and what, what, what kind of product I want to produce for myself. So So we were talking about the grow there and you were in organics at that time. So what did make you want to switch up? How long before you did go to like a living bed there? Well, so I grew, I grew in that, in my apartment from geez, 2005 to 2000 and oh, 11. Then I took four years off and started growing again in early 2016. And that's, yeah, uh, maybe 2017. And that's when um, I went and I saw Blue and he showed me his living soil and I was sold. I mean, I, it, it was, his flower was so impressive. I hadn't seen something like that um, since I was really young. And my friend that was on dead tour was growing in his closet and showed me his grow. Uh, it was the, the most beautiful thing I'd, I'd, I'd seen. So I was like, 
oh, and all you have to do is add water to this and you don't have to dump your soil out. And there are worms in there doing like doing functionable things. Sold. So without really knowing much about living soil, I just went and bought everything and threw it into a container. Um, and I, you know, I, I did it the impatient way. I went and bought a bunch of bag soils like Roots Organic and Strawberry Fields and um, some bags of a main company called First Amendment uh, Soil Company out of Northern Maine. <clears throat> they make a organic super soil and like four different types of soils. I think they were bought out by a company called Masshole, Masshole Soil Company, if you've heard of them. But uh, yeah, I threw all those in a bag. My first run was like really, really horrible just because it was so hot. You know, there was so much organic matter just just going on. It was like a big friggin' uh, compost box, basically, I would, I would imagine. And uh, over the last, what, three, four, three and a half, four years, it's... Uh, you know, I've gradually built this to what it is now. Um, just adding mulches and letting the worms do their thing. Uh, utilizing like in-container composting with avocado tech, aka fruit drop theory. Um, but yeah, that the the thing that made me want to change was just seeing blue and and seeing how much you know he. He, he might as well have just like curb stomped me with how much money I was spending um, on just on soil alone. Buying soil for the grows uh, was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, hats off to him, man. He uh, he he opened my eyes to a what what I consider the the onion effect of growing cannabis. You know you you peel back one layer and there's, there's just another layer and you peel that back and there's another layer you peel back that one. And there's another layer. And that's what I feel living soil really brings to the cannabis world. Um, that, that bottle fed plants just don't hit that mark. They don't quite have the onion effect. They have like, uh, they're more like those Russian dolls, you know, you take them out and there's one inside. They're sort of like that. But with an onion, there's just so many little micro layers, you know. Um, whereas though, I, I feel like Nutrient Fed is is trying to trying to hit a a point for a, for a certain purpose. Um, that being sales rather than than medicine, personally, in my opinion. Eh, you know, yay and nay on that, yay and nay on that. It could be a little bit more to scale. I, I, I like growing in cocoa and salts more for the control. You know, it, and again, uh, just because I know, well, you, for instance, you, you're living soil here. You're talking about years of going a better, better, better on a bed. And it's not always better, better, better. You know, there's a couple <laughs> runs where it might not be so great. Could spin out of control. 
You know, and then if it spins out of control, then you don't know what the fuck's going on. That's I've been in that situation a couple of times, you know, where things have kind of locked up, where things could have been deficient on one thing or another. I keep playing with this damn camera. Sorry about that. And, no worries. Uh, <laughs> I know. Things get, you know, a little screwy where you can, and when my cocoa, things get a little whack out of whack now. Things get locked up. All I got to do is flush that out. A couple good runs of some nice pH water. I'm right back into it. You know what I mean? I can be back to good health in a day or two. I totally hear that. And And that's actually what made me come back to cocoa because I actually, well, there's, I don't want to get too much into my history growing here, but you know what I mean? Uh, there were, I, I tried to come back to soil like it was uh, probably two years ago, two, maybe three years ago. I tried to come back to like a super soil. You know what I mean? And I was, I was liking it. I was happy because I was actually up high and I had, I couldn't use dirt. It was too heavy when I was up high. I'm on yeah. ground level now, and I could I could use dirt. So I came back to the soil thinking, yeah, I can get back into the super soil, and I liked it. But then I came in, uh, I went down a couple of patients, and then up a few patients, and it wasn't expected. So I kind of got into the hotter super soil, and things locked up. I got into where it's a fucking mess. Everything yellowed right quick. pH fucking got out of control. It was it was a mess. But my answer to that was two things. A, I don't have time to let fucking uh, the super soil cook again. And B, uh, I don't fucking uh, I I don't want to go through this again. So I went right <laughs> back to cocoa. <laughs> I went right back to go go. Yeah, uh, you know, and no, I, I and hear so, I, I hear what good. you're saying. And you know, like and, and this is what I tell people about living soil. Like it can be very frustrating um if if you get caught trying to apply the apply the same principles that you applied to cocoa growing or or another medium of growing to uh living soil. You know, even as far as watering all the way through, um, and and that's your most common issue with with soil grows is is always generally watering, not so much of a deficiency, not so much of a abundancy, but more of a lockout from from a, a watering issue, and it can it can it can drive some of the best growers absolutely insane, and they'll they'll never I've I've seen people just say fuck it nope not not doing it no more and and you know that it is what it is like i do it because it's comfortable for me i don't knock people necessarily that grow uh with bottled nutrients it's just not it's just not my my preferred method so and i i you know some people are great at it some people put out a product that you wouldn't even be able to tell was chemically grown or living living soil grown because they understand um about feeding their plant you know uh, mo- most people overfeed their plant and have 
have a shitty, nasty tasting coal of nugget, you know, when they're, when they're done smoking it, you know, this like mineral ridden little turd. So, but uh, kudos off to the people that, that know how to feed their plants properly with, with bottled nutrients. So. I, I have nothing against the soil, that's for sure. And I may slip back into it again. Well, know, with those earth boxes. Method, the earth boxes, they did do nice. They did yeah. do nice. Uh, and eh, I've got my drawbacks one way or another on, on them, but that's, that's nor here nor there. Yeah, but, I mean... You're, you're gonna, I, you know, I my my thing about the soil is once I get to the soil, I want to get to kind of where you're at. You know, I I was heads off to the gentleman Intergalactic Gardens last night for uh, recycling soil. Man, that'd be that. You know, I'd be interested in that. You know what I mean? If I knew somewhere around here where I could throw my all root balls in. I would I'd throw them in my truck and dump them off at somebody that wanted to rework that shit and make it proper again. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? I leave I, my I'm not there. I I keep doing it and but that's where I want to be. I, if I were gonna go with soil, I'd like to be in something that I'm reusing, reamending, and keeping like a living soil like you're doing. But the only thing about that is it doesn't fit into my perpetual for my impatience. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to keep a living soil and a perpetual going. Like, to be honest with you, you know, talk numbers here. You, I'm, I'm a caregiver here in Michigan. So you asked about how many strains I can keep. Well, I have five patients plus myself. Each patient, I've allowed 12 plants. So allotment of 72 you know, throughout the garden, I don't even come anywhere close to that anymore because I go bigger plants nowadays versus, you know, what I can just jam into a tent. Right. But with that, that kind of rotation, it's hard to keep a bed. You know what I mean? Dedicate this tent to throwing some babies in there, letting them veg up and then flower all in that area and then starting anew, it doesn't work like that. It goes from boom, 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 boom. Now you're ready to flower. And sometimes right. even the system can be so tight as one comes out, one goes in, one comes out, one goes in. You know what I mean? And yeah, that I do. Would be a, a, virtually impossible with a living you know, soil bed. The, the only way I you can do it with... The only way you could do it with living soil is if you ran solo cup clones and you would root the clones in the solo cup, you would just have a living soil tent that unfortunately just runs 12, 12. And, uh, you would, you would plop those in and just run them right from clone, you know, veg them to where, where you want them to be, where you want them to start flower. And just, I mean, so in a four by four bed, if I did it that way, I could probably fit. I could fit at least 24 small plants in this bed and flower them at, I don't know, a foot tall, maybe let's say a foot tall, 15 inches tall. Um, 
in the solo cups and probably not have any problem, you know, just transplant them right in and flip them right to flower. It would be the same methodology as pretty much uh, running a sea of green with, you know, small bags. But I could I could see that working, you know, as a perpetual um, or maybe stagger it, you know, so that one or and do them in rows so that one row finishes. But I'm just I'm just longboarding here, just throwing stuff out there. So. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I totally I can see that. And uh, I just for me as a long term grower, I've kind of gotten to know that, you know, the root system, the bigger the root system, the bigger the fruits. You know, there's, there is a whole lot of truth to that. And if I'm only putting solo cup moms into a bed, then my roots are only what I'm basically what I can, they're going to spread out week one or two and then whatever weight, you know, I mean, I'm losing a lot of energy for it to be producing roots them for yeah, a as couple a, weeks of as flower. A, as, a, as a caregiver, I, I would completely agree with you as a care no i'm not a caregiver but as talk from your point of view i would i would absolutely agree with you um yeah blue and i were actually talking about how neat it would be to um do beds but for the individual cultivar that you're running say you're running like the blueberry cultivar right um or a blueberry cultivar, like introducing into that bed some sort of um, blueberry sod or blueberry-inspired soil-dwelling, growing bush or something like that um, for like a terpene, terpene-enriched beds, uh, meaning having something with similar terpenes growing in the bed with it so that perhaps in theory that those those chemicals those nutrients will already kind of be intermingling in the in the veg process you know those signals from the from the rhizosphere and and stuff like that the root exudates will we don't know how all that works so in theory who knows maybe they're talking to each other and they're like yo blueberry sod Give me some of your, uh, give me some of that natural friggin' blueberry turp. Oh yeah, yeah. Here you go. Or I think you know, that I, or growing I some mango, growing some mango, and you know, utilizing, uh, feeding your worms mangoes or something like that, or, um, you know, w- skunk. You know, like feed your bed skunk piss or something. I, I, I don't know what, but you know, finding stuff like that, that has the similar terpene profile um, and growing that in the bed uh, primarily, you know, what got us thinking about that was uh, I I worked 20 years in fine dining restaurants and uh, he's a classically trained uh, chef. And so we were talking about different foods and one of my favorite foods I've ever had was this all apple fed um, pig from this place in Pennsylvania. It was the best pork I have ever had in my life. And I'm, I'm from Maine. I've eaten a lot of pork. Um, and so I, I, I just got thinking, I was like all apple fed. I wonder if that translates into other things. 
And so we started talking about blueberry sod and stuff like that. And it, it would be an interesting uh, experiment, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe you're on to something there myself, that uh, they can pass things through the soil like that. They, they, they communicate through the soil, through the mycelium network anyway, as far as nutrients go in that living soil. So why right. can't they pass terps, to be honest with you? Yeah, or maybe not necessarily I, pass terps, but the signals being like, hey, you're in a friendly like environment to produce this terpene. You know, we're, we're not challenging you. You you are welcome here. Produce all of it you want. Like, we're all in la-la land together. Um, you know, there is no there is no pine intrusion that's going to, you know, like when you grow outdoors in a pine outside in some pine forest, what's your cannabis taste like? It tastes like pine. But spring... Strain, strain specific, I would think, but it, you could well, maybe yeah. influence the turps a little bit, and that's one of the reasons you know companion plants. I believe you know them people that uh, actually use companion plants in their gardens. I believe those scents that come off some of the companion plants, like you're saying, can you know bounce off the cannabis plant and be like, I don't like that. You know what I mean? I'm going to try to drown you out with these terps of my own. I very right. much think a lot of that goes on. You know, I've, I've said that a lot of times about the skunk too is, you know, I, we took it indoors and took away the threat, like you're saying, you know what I mean, of everything outside. That's what happened to the skunk. It wasn't, I don't think we got rid of it because of cultivation, it was too loud. I think it, we took it indoors and took away the threat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so where do we go uh, from here well we can go to like plant training i mean how do you you know how do you like to train your plants i see the i i appreciate that thing by the way is that a snow fence that you've got there a sturdy snow fence that's what it looks like so that is um lobster trap wire so we're we're lobster men up here and uh we build our own lobster traps so there's a local company that you know basically provides they also build traps but they provide fishermen with cut pieces of wire um so i'm able to order these four by four flattened pieces of lobster trap wire that are welded uh 12 gauge coated wire with inch and a half squares so if you think about the inch and a half that's not that's only you know that big so what i what i get is at 15 inches of a plant i get a complete horizontal continuous horizontal growth i don't have i don't have any wasted vertical growth until um, I let it. So it, it allows me to really space out the branches um, and try and fill as many of these little squares as possible with a potential uh, cola, you know. 
So I can see that being a real benefit, but man, could is it, you know, I like the idea of the inch and a half squares. There's plenty of room to tuck. You know, anytime she pops up, you know, you get that square to tuck. You yeah, know, and it's skirts. and it's nice because you can just kind of you can stick your arm in in the plant and just go like this and clear the whole plant. You know, you don't you don't have to take each square and you know go through it and poke each one down. You just it's it's pretty nice. The only downfall is like so for me the way I have my tent set up, it's a little too close to the wall. So I can't open my side door. So I can't quite get to this back right-hand corner. Uh, if I had to do it over again, I would set it up a little different, obviously, so I could get in there. Um, but that's that's the only real cumbersome part about growing like this. Um, and since it is in, it, in a 170-gallon bed, like... I, I don't, I'm not moving it anytime soon. So there, I don't have to worry about that. Um, I don't really defoliate, so I don't have to get in there too much to, um, to, to clear, to clear anything out. Uh, cause I focus on, you know, just those 12 inch colas. So. Yeah, I like it. I like it. It's definitely, I, I, I like the system definitely a lot better than the Scrog, that's for sure. But definitely as much work when it comes <coughs> to harvest, that's for sure. That's but the it, only downside of the, the Scrog, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I find it pleasant because the way that, you know, I lollipop everything underneath the screen. So I, I don't deal with, with any larf. So when I go through, and then I also clear out about two inches, maybe three inches above the screen. So when I go through, I just, I just cut a branch, hang it, cut a branch, hang it, cut a branch, hang it. Now I'll have usually like, I don't know, anywhere from a hundred to 170 branches um, out of a tent. And, but they're super easy to trim, you know, they're, they're just all flower. It's just, I mean, when they're dry, because I don't wet trim, so I dry trim. So when they're dry, it's just, I have one of those little brushes, those trim brushes, and I just, and I'm done yeah. with that branch. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's pretty tit. It's pretty easy. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm a self-professed, very lazy grower. That's why I, that's why I use this. That's why I use the blue mat system. Uh, that's what, that's why I, I use the trim brush. Uh, that's why I grow only like 12 inch colas. I like, I, I want to get out of this doing as little work and as little, um, worry as possible. So, and I, I, I think I have it set up that way. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't call it lazy. I call it, I would call that smart and efficient. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> so do you do anything with, uh, as far as like uh, hash 
extracts with your material, your leftovers, your trim? Do you? I uh, do. I'm butters or anything I, uh, like that. So we make a lot of tinctures. Uh, my wife is a, a holistic healer, so we make a lot nice. of uh, tinctures for ourselves. Um, she does a lot of work with people with Lyme disease. She actually um, works with few few people in the cannabis industry. So, uh, yeah, I do. I make butter. I make coconut oil. I've really gotten into using uh, vegetable glycerin and doing cold extraction tinctures. Uh, that's that's been one of my my favorites. It, it to me it, it tastes the best. Um, also, blue got me into ultrasonic extraction through cavitation. Not, are you familiar with that? A little bit. Tell me about it. So it's basically what it is, is it's like a jewelry cleaner and you'll put your, your liquid in there, either your, uh, your oil or your alcohol or your vegetable glycerin or whichever alcohol or whichever liquid you decide to use. Um, and you put your flour in there, you turn this machine on and, and what it does is it causes it, it forms these microscopic bubbles and it's called cavitation where it'll travel and connect to the plant and the ultrasonic frequency bursts the trichomes without bursting the cellular structure of the plant. So what you get is this almost pure cloudy translucent tincture with absolutely zero chlorophyll in it um uh and and just a very terpene rich product and it, it's cool to watch too so it really it, it's just a very clean clean product so showed me how to do that and that, that that's been something i've been playing around with different different methods and different liquids and stuff so so you just kind of put together a couple uh, pieces for me, you know. As in, as far as like in the hash world, there's been a lot of talk on like in Bubble Man's, you know, hash church on like new separation methods, and there's been a lot of talk about you know sonic uh, separating like that, and. Uh, both dry and I've, I've always Indra when Indra talks of it, it's always a dry, a dry sonic shake. Uh, but I've never even thought about doing a liquid. Now, why couldn't you do the same thing? You, you but in a cold, cold water with a ultrasonic quick shake, and you then can instead of then sift. You have you, know, you absolutely can. So at that point, funny, now sift heads. Really funny that you, that we're talking about this at this particular moment. Um, so what I I was thinking was, uh, you mentioned the dry sift method. I was the ultrasonic shake is what I was thinking about in a vacuum chamber, and then. Uh, you know, I was talking to my mechanical engineering friend and he said, well, for that to work, there really needs to be cavitation. There needs to be a liquid around it. 
for that ultrasonic to travel and burst the the trichomes. Otherwise, you're you're just shaking the plant and you're going to get plant matter. So you might as well just tumble it in a micron tumbler. <clears throat> so what I got to thinking about was, all right, what about what about I, I, I call it harmonic harvesting right there are frequencies that that break glass right crack glass you can shatter glass with with a sound so what if what if you made a soundproof vacuum box that you're able to hang either a whole plant or you know branches or something like that turn your frequency up, which I would imagine would have to be that it wouldn't be like a bass, a subwoofer, you know, boom, 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 boom. Although that may help in some way at a slow beat, you know, shake things a little bit, but that, that high frequency, that high sound figure out which, which frequency bursts the trichomes the trichome heads or knocks them off or resonate that resonant frequency is that's going to shake just the trichomes and not, not the actual plant. So that's something I've, I've been talking about. Um, I've heard about bubble, is it bubble, bubble bag, bubble dude, bubble man, yeah. bubble man. I've heard about bubble man. I've never seen his shows. And honestly, and I, I don't know anything about him, but everyone's always talking about Bubble Man and Hash Church. Um, and I should probably check those out because I'm probably talking about something that they've been talking about for years. But um, it's it's kind of, it's, it's cool that you brought that up because I, I was just thinking about that this week. Like, huh, harmonic harvesting. It's yeah, It's funny that you bring up the process that you're talking about is a process that I've talked about the last few months really similar but it's kind of in the opposite direction and we're like flip-flopped on the man what we're thinking there uh but you know i i'll get to that but i want to i want to say this i think there's i believe a lot in frequency in general that's where the mayans are uh, man the akashic records and stuff like that but i think it's funny that i with that being said all the knowledge is out there. I think that it happens to think happens to be that we're all kind of resonating on that level to where that we're accessing that that knowledge all at the same time. You know what I mean? The telephone was invented just by Tesla. It was him and a few others that kind of were on the simultaneously that level it, at the same time. Wasn't it some? It, wasn't it like an Indian scientist way, way before Tesla and those guys that like it could have been discovered? But, like, uh, there was him and a Russian scientist that were going. Uh, well, Tesla was Russian, but there was another one in Russia that he was, was going back. He was Serbian. Was it Serbian? There yeah. Jivili, jivili brate, but I think that it's funny that, you know, I think people access our knowledge is given to multiple people at the same time. It isn't necessarily one. I think it's kind of spread out to make sure 
the gift has gotten out there. But I think when it comes to the hash process there, I think it's uh, kind of a base effect at first to pop it off. You know what I mean? To pop everything off, a higher or low frequency, to pop it off. And then I think as the material comes, I think you can finer separate it with a by twisting the the frequency up to a higher maybe getting like the crappier shit to to float with the other stuff could like fall you know what i mean like you, a, i think with playing with the frequency you could get them to separate harmonics to maybe, statics or something like that harmonic yeah, static yeah, yeah. separation yeah, once they're separated, you might be able to take a just even a simple blast of air to to knock off that dirt and then drop the frequency and let the claim fall. Something like that. What would be, or, you know, there's Hey, let's go wormhole for a second. What would be really cool is if we could figure out the magnet magnetized frequency of trichomes and uh, rods and be able to just run it down the plant and pull them right off. Because, be, yeah. I mean, everything has, like, a, a some realm of, of uh, mag- Resonance. What is it? magnetism, you know? We, we, we all have electricity running through us. We all have that sort of, that stuff, so... Yeah, I think it's it's we're 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 right on the cusp of something like that. To be honest with you, and I can't wait to. I I, I do believe everything boils down to a frequency. Frequency just changes forms at the higher rate or the slower rate that it is. Turns from sound to light to matter. You know what I that's, mean? That's uh, you know, then, that's <clears throat> that's all we are. We're all just. I mean. We're all just frequency. We're all just light. We're all just, you know, different, different matters, different, different forms of different physical interpretations of light. You know, I think, you know, that's where the, uh, that's where the Mayans are. You know, they vibed out, man. They were like, fuck you guys. We're out of here. Bye-bye. We're vibing out. Took off. It could be. That could be. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> we're definitely speeding up the rhythm of our frequency, and maybe coming back to that that time, that dimension. I feel like we are. You know, there there seems to be a little a little awakening of more of a um, <clears throat> more of a spiritual side of things, more of a natural. Uh, interpretation of things more of a natural acceptance of things uh there seems to be a little bit more of a push for that than um you know the the returning to the slower paced world instead of just like pounding away at it as fast as we can go and making the mistakes that come along with going too fast so Oh, I definitely uh, agree with you. And I, I, when you said that your wife was a holistic healer there, I think that's pretty awesome that, uh, you know, 
I think that's the way myself. I'd rather, you know, treat myself with herbs and natural remedies first and then seek out medicine after the fact if all else fails. But, you know, I think that's, I don't, I think it, we're just coming to that point where cannabis, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that, you know, cannabis has come back to the forefront and psychedelics are coming back into the picture, you know, and again, as we talk about, you know, the Kashik record and all this other stuff, I think that these two items are our lessons. They're here to teach us the lessons that are what's coming to the next phase and how to uh, access it all, you know, so I don't think it's any coincidence that we're these two these two things amongst other things have come back to this point and kind of went hey you guys need to look back to the earth and more natural remedies to heal yourself other than the toxic bullshit that uh, is being pushed on you i i don't yeah. think it's any coincidence at all to be honest with you stop stop taking the natural stuff we've given you turning it into poison and saying that it's better for you you know, I mean, that. so what my, my wife and I like to say is that, you know, uh, Western medicine is emergency medicine, where as though uh, Eastern medicine and uh, herbalist practicing and apothecary sort of stuff like that uh, is, is a, all about preventative and maintenance medicine. Uh, you know, obviously, if you have a broken arm, you're not going to rub some fucking spearmint on it and it's going to get better. You need to go get a cast and get it figured out. But, you know, something like a rash, you don't need to go get, you know, seven different steroids and four different shots and, and stuff like that. Like there, there are way better natural remedies to put on your body to heal yourself than, 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 than the things they make that say will, will heal you. Um, and cannabis, cannabis is probably, uh, one of the main, there should be one of the main ingredients in every single one, you know, uh, and that once we, once we figure out, uh, once the world figures out more about how the terpene interaction, um, mixes with your personal chemotypes, and we're able to label that and people understand what chemotypes they carry and how they interact with certain terpenes. And so they can really, really get to that medicinal uh, effect rather than saying, oh, high THC or high or high CBD. They can they can say, OK, I know that limonene or limonene, you know, me when I smoke, it makes me fucking paranoid as shit um i know that uh oxaline uh helps me with my appetite or you know my my seizures or something you know what i'm saying like that's that's where these terpenes come into play those are the the real medicinal um effects that's where the entourage really gets deep that's when you you know cbd and CBN and CTHC, those, those are like the, the suitcase, you know, those are your suitcase that you're carrying the terpenes and the flavonoids. 
those are those are the clothes inside. Those are your underwear. Those are your socks. That's your your toothpaste. That's that's everything you that's everything you really really need and want. So it's going to be cool when uh, when they figure when they start figuring that out when the research is is able to be done um, extensively and shared. Uh, how those interactions happen. Yeah, I sat and listened to uh, this guy speak today on terpeneless weed and how it how it was just as good as terpene, bud. And I gave the guy every bit of an open ear, but I disagreed. I disagreed. You know, as he said, yeah, he, I'm like, no, you need the terps. And he's like, well, when you're burning it. You know, you're losing them to the heat anyway, so they're not necessarily the the volatile to term. You're you're not taking in the whole benefits of them because they're being uh, burnt up and lost to the air as uh, com- as they're being combusted. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I mean, I can see that to an extent. Some of them being lost to combustion, but then again, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just refused. He just, he, 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 he kind of, he went back and forth saying that they just had no effect on the overall high is what he was saying. And I'm like, I just got to disagree. I just got to well, disagree because so, that's how so, I choose my cannabis is by them, them, them terps. That's so, how I know what's right for me. By so you take them out of the picture. How can I judge? What's so right? by by medicinal purposes? By if you're only going by like what provides the high, then I suppose that he would be more right than he is wrong. I think he's. I think he's. I would say that he's. Uh, he's not walking the whole bridge. He's just on the bike path. You know, he's just on the walkway. He's not utilizing the whole bridge. Um, and he's just focused on that, that one walkway. He, I, he's, he's missing it. Like he, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yes, THC and CBD, those are the, 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 the entourage effect. They, they are the suitcase. Those are what, what carries the, the, the true medical medicinal effect but within the terpenes are those like i said the suitcase the clothes they're they're what they're what carries those cannabinoids throughout our body you know they and they we have a lot more learning and studying to do to figure out how it works this is just my sense of of how it works but you know well I guess as I listen to you speak about it, I kind of think about it this way too. I, and again, I agree with you. I think he's just choosing his own path because again, the same guy that I was listening to speak was also selling a product that was terpeneless. So you, I think you're right. He's kind yeah. of choosing his path and not going yeah. down the whole way. Yeah. But the way I kind of see it is, you know, terpenes are both uh, oil-based and water-soluble. So if the terpenes are oil-based, even though it's been combusted, 
it's still leaving back that uh, the oil from the terpene still left behind in a resinous oil type form. Like as we see it burn down the flower, you can see the oils. That's the terpenes and everything have to be mixed up in the resins and oils that come back into the joint. So how could you, how could that not be combusted I mean medicinal yeah, yeah medicinal as it's right. being combusted yeah yeah i mean there are volatile terps that you know i mean that you might miss out on at above 70 degrees but i mean you miss out on those when it hits 70 degrees on a hot day you know you you miss out on those when you harvest and the temperature hits 70 degrees, like those gas off, like that's part of cannabis. No one, no one retains those terpenes, you know? Okay. Like I get, I, I wish we were fighting this fight against cat that ain't even here, but it's still a valid, they're all value points. But yeah. you know, again, I kind of think of it this way too. Um, even though like say, we got the joint right here you know what i mean terpenes are being burned off out here but back here the terpenes are still present in the flower and you just as you would have terpenes in your hand and smelling them and being able to get effects off them why aren't you as you're inhaling and sucking in the terps from the flower you know what i mean they're still there you're still in breathing them in there's still benefits there you, yeah. you know before and after combustion, why would you want to take those away? Uh, because you grow in an illegal state and you do not want your cannabis to smell. That's the only reason I can think of. Well, this was a, well, these, that was an after product. It wasn't like you're growing, you know, can't, you know, terpeneless weed. It had to go through a process. Oh, they took all the terpenes out of it? They were stripping the terpenes, yeah. And he was just saying, like, kind of like your point, like, you're, you know, well, what if you wanted to, like, you're around your kids and you wanted to hang back and take a quick puff? Well, they make pens for that. (laughs) You know what I mean? They make smoking around your fucking kids, you ding dong. This his words, not mine. His words, no, I know, not mine. I know, I know. Jesus Christ! Oh man, um, yeah, I that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. I could uh, maybe, know. maybe, maybe they think it's a niche and it's gonna be something, and there might be a, a product line, uh, you know, like a, a sales line for it somewhere in the future, and they're just trying to hit it before it comes. But I, oh, it I, was. It was I can't foresee funny. It. He he was selling it as like the all purpose, all purpose cannabis. It was terpene, it was smellless. You could smoke it and get high wherever you wanted to get high without notice. And then you could eat it. You could eat it and get the effects because obviously he had reached the carbon be carboxylated it. I know I screwed that up, but I'm not doing it again. That's <laughs> uh, I can't say it either. <laughs> uh, I always obviously he's bringing it up to temperature, but then he was talking about being able to crumble it up and use it as like a spice or an herb. I'm thinking, 
why are you turning this into like a multi product we could do this at home if we want to do this why do you why are you you know yeah we do you know how many times i've done that on accident i just i couldn't see it myself i can left my i've listened to left my cannabis in the goddamn stove like a pizza Yeah, I guess. You know, I just thought it was entertaining, though, that there was somebody out there doing it on a commercial level like that, just wanted to strip everything out of out of it, put it back on the market. I was like, ugh. They must have had another product that they were that they were using the terps with or something. Had to have been. Had to have been. It was, it was probably, it, it had to have been a secondary product, like a, like what, what a hemp biomass would be, you know, to, to a hemp harvest, you know, they must've cleaned the terpenes off for some reason to sell or whatever, wholesale, wholesale sell to add into pens or something like that. And then they had, well, that was <laughs> That was his other argument, too, is that if he wanted to introduce Terps back into it, he could add into whatever he wanted it to be, his his spice of whatever. And I thought, well, that's even shittier, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just that's like cheaters don't mean you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny because I was listening to it on, uh, on the Clubhouse app today in uh, one of the cannabis forums, and it was the same thing. And we we all let him listen. We all let him plead his case. But man, when he was done talking, man, they sure fucking ripped into him afterwards, man. They're oh like, man, yeah, we can use fucking cards. Yeah, fuck all that shit. But man, it is. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's different. That's I guess. I guess that's the nicest thing I can say while I'm live. Everyone, you know, everyone has their niche. Everyone has their purpose. Oh, the other reason in being for use was he was trying to say maybe grandma didn't want to smell like cannabis while she was ingesting. So she wanted to go for like a turpless cannabis. And I was like, maybe, oh, so, but still. So you're going for, that, yourself. going for that huge, like, five years of life left market? <laughs> Spending, spending their, <laughs> spending their hard-earned Medicaid money on fucking turpless cannabis to hide from their fucking kids and grandkids who they don't like anyways, and they're gonna, they're like on their end of life, and they're like, oh yeah, that's the thing I'm gonna worry about is my kids and grandkids smelling cannabis after all these years. I'm on the other end of that too, man. I'm like fucking. You've made it that far. If you want to fucking stink up your house like fucking weed, you've you've earned that right. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've I've already Have told you. Told, if I get that old and I know I'm like going out before, be, before I can't do anything, I'm going out almost Timothy Leary style. I'm going out with a hot mix and a ten strip. Yeah. Yep. I, I've I've never taken the H train before, and so I figured I'm I'll do it on the day that I die. You know, the day I know I'm going to die, a ten strip and the H train, and you know, and to be honest with you, it might put you to the right place. 
You know what I mean? It might just set you off on the right frequency to send you the next dimension. Or, you know, some some DMT. I know you guys were, you guys uh, in one of the wormholes were talking about DMT. And, man, that that stuff is, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, yeah, I would, I, I would. If I could access it, I would try it in a second. I know, I know its capabilities. I would yeah. gladly, gladly. Our body, our body only releases that uh, at two times in our lives. It releases it when we're born, and it releases it when we die. So I wonder what sort of like intercosmic travel you would start by going out on a DMD, DMT trip. You'd have to time it pretty well because it doesn't last very long. But, but you know, passing away while that DMT in your body is also released, like, man, where the places you'll go, Dr. Seuss style. Yeah, uh, the tone venom is another one that I would, I think I would try it too. I hate to say it, but I would try the what? tone venom. Oh, the tone? Basically... Oh, yeah. yeah, not the licking the toad, oh. not the licking. There's a, there's a, it's a secretion or basically oh. the semen. They yeah, dry it out and smoke it. Yeah. Yeah. I would try it. I would try yeah. it. I can't believe that there's been somebody out there that has, <laughs> I, I don't, it, it's, who's, it's so, who's to the first season so here's, this? So here's, here's. <laughs> Here's, here's what happened. This I was um, up in Sugarloaf, which is a ski mountain in western Maine. And I was with my buddy who uh, was the same friend that was growing the Durban poison that I was talking about earlier. <clears throat> and so I was uh, 1920. I was 20. So this was 2000. Um, after my fall. And we were up at his house in Sugarloaf in the mountains and we smoked some DMT and I went and I was instantly at the base of the tree of life. Like I was standing at the the base of the tree of life. And this, this is before Avatar. So when Avatar came out and it panned back from the, to the tree, you know, that they all lived under, I was, I had a flashback because that's exactly where I was. It was, it was like, it was insane. And so from that tree, I was standing underneath it and out of the nooks and crannies, all these eyes started popping out and these voices started saying, oh, you're here. You're finally here. You made it. Oh, hey, he's here. He's here. And like every animal in the world started like poking its head out of the different crevices of the, the roots and stuff. And then I was like, I was just about to say something and freaking suck right back to reality. And then I started puking my brains out. It was the best puking experience I've ever had in my life. It felt like I was, I was puking musical notes. It was, it was, oh, it was, if I could puke like that every time I, I would, I just puke forever, but it was quite an experience. It was, it was beautiful. 
Oh, I, yeah, one of the, you must be talking closely about, uh, I don't know, the wormhole that was right before um, uh, Hardy Farms or Hardy Gear. Hardy Gear, the wormhole before Hardy Gear. I kind of went deep into uh, like psychedelics and our perception of reality. How, uh, you know, we don't know. We, we honestly don't know one person that we think is crazy. I mean, this <coughs> DNT trip's a perfect example. You know, from the outside, anybody walking by would look at you and go, he's fucking nuts. But what's going on inside your head is two different things. You're just unable to, you know, communicate, pass on what's going on. It's too much. It's, it's overload. You know and, what and I mean? You just couldn't put it into words. It's a, it's a lot of light. Some of these people that are what we call mentally ill aren't stuck. You know what I mean? And basically, in their radio station isn't quite dialed in. Maybe they do have one foot into some shit that we don't see that we, you know, we're like, yeah, you can. But, you know, if we were to take a psychedelic trip, we might be, aha, I can see you poor fucker. You're, well, and that's, you're stuck. And that's you're why, stuck. That's why psychedelics got such a bad name, you know, because they were like, oh, that person took acid one time and ended up crazy like your Uncle Joe, you know? Like, like they associated craziness with psychedelics, and it's it's actually completely the opposite. Like, most, most uh, you know, back then... Uh, they didn't understand autism. And so they would think that people that were autistic were crazy when, when in actuality people with autism are fucking geniuses, you know, like true fuck. They're, they're, they're some highly, highly intelligent people that just can't communicate uh, in the way that, that we're used to, you know, uh, I I've worked with some autistic kids that are, that just are amazing. They're, they're, they're amazingly brilliant, brilliant people. Um, and that's, that's, that's like one of those things that I, I completely agree with you. You know, I think some, sometimes there's a line where crazy is crazy, but for the most part, things that we don't understand as far as like um, autism and such things like that, like I truly believe that they're, they are, um, they're vibing higher. They're they're at a higher frequency. I think it's cool. Like I I think it's cool. You know I I would like to. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't want to be stuck alone somewhere by myself in my head, not being able to communicate. But I if I could end communicating with people, like that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's, you know, there is too, you know, the, the, what we'll unlock in this round of psychedelics is going to be. It's the awakening, the man. Piece. It is. It really and is. It, like, I, I hope everyone on, on the, on the chat and I hope we all realize it, you know, they're, there is an awakening going on and we're alive 
during it. Just we're alive for the beginning of it. You know, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool to 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 realize it, to see it, to see it unfold. Yeah, fucking uh, for sure, for sure. There's a uh, you could get we could get real wormhole rampy. Yeah, yeah. There's time for that later, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's been good so far, man. Everybody in chat's fucking uh, been loving the conversation. By the way, uh, don't forget I'm going through this. <laughs> they haven't said nothing bad. That's no, no, sure. I didn't say. yeah. yeah. <laughs> But there is a, uh, you know, I, I'm trying, trying not to go too deep down another wormhole here, but uh, uh, I guess I should just skip it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, psychedelics and all that good stuff. I guess we will we'll pop it on a good rabbit hole one night when we're all on psychedelics. I almost took some tonight. I have, I have actually, I've got my micro right here. I was, uh, uh, I was, I was going to as well. I was like, Jesus, should I, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want my first time. I don't want to kind of like get all nervous and like start like talking about like, like nothing and not making any sense. So, I mean, I know I'm going to do that anyways. So no, you better not eat any. You better not. <laughs> it's funny that we're on the same page like that. I was, I was, I was been waiting to do it all night long. I was going to yeah. do it earlier tonight too, and I was like, I, I want to, but I better not. But it sounds like we we would have been uh, right on the same page there. Yeah, that probably. Been... I, either we would have been really, really chatting it up, or we would have just been here, kind of like staring at each other, like, whoa. Because, you know, I, I sometimes accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally sometimes over microdose, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't, I almost don't think it's possible. I've had a few, a few nights where I've done a lot of, a lot of these pretty heavily uh, microdosed up heavy dose yeah. if you will yeah and, yeah yeah uh, some of the better ones some of the better ones uh, there's been a couple of them that have, we've talked pre-show that it was going to happen and yeah it's like I, we always seem to like link and it always ends up into some really great conversation it's never right. been now, the lockup now i have to go never and been the, uh, now I have to go watch through them and uh, try and figure out which ones which ones are which. All oh, three hundred seventy-seven is that it? Is there seventy-two or something like that? Three three thirty-one tonight. Three thirty-one, I believe. Man, yeah, that's pretty awesome, dude. That's pretty awesome. Well, I can tell you some good ones right off the bat, but there's been quite a few other than the one. <coughs> uh, excuse me, obvious ones. Uh, Tanazi, both of uh, Tanazi Gardens episode. The first one we were tripping balls pretty good, and uh, we went heavy handed pre show. 
we both uh, went, uh, we we're like, oh, you took that? Oh, okay. Well, we kind of matched up a little bit heavier before the show. Went in deeper. And we were tripping them pretty hard. And then uh, the second time he was on, what do you got there? Uh, this is a little of the uh, flower rosin that I press. This is from uh, harvest I did the other day up in my my other grow that I do for a buddy. It's the uh, tomahawk chem from Greenpoint Seeds. Uh, second one he's on with uh, Keith of Black Sales and uh, another gentleman. And there was a bunch of them on, and we were all tripping balls that night. Endo 11, we're really tripping balls. He's fucking... Endo, poor Endo had to get up like several times and get <laughs> off camera and towel off. At one point, he left for like 10 minutes. He, was, he went the full gauntlet. We went like five hours minimum just tripping balls. And he had to get up at one time. I lost him for like 10 minutes. He comes back and he's like beat red. And he's like, I lost. I got lost in the mirror. <laughs> I got lost in the mirror. I'm like, no worries, man. We're good. We're good. The, uh, then there's the a couple night. of them where Chad's like, look at him. He's got that mushroom smile. And I'm like, I go back and look at it. I'm just like. The other night. <laughs> Tony from uh, Boneyard and I were on a future cannabis, cannabis project with uh, Peter. And um, <clears throat> I guess I, I, Tony can talk for hours. He can, he, he's very good at talking and he knows a lot. So he can, he can, uh, he has things to fill up lots of time. So, you know, I was taking a dab while he was talking and then, Peter decided that he was going to take a dab. And I guess uh, right after that, like we didn't hear from Peter for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And uh, he like basically fell asleep right after his dab, you know, hosting the show. He turned the camera off and he just let Tony talk and he fucking boom, he like passed out for like an hour. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But I've yeah, been I, there. I've been there. I have done it. Yeah. It makes I know, me when, feel better. Whenever your camera <laughs> whenever your camera goes away, I'm like, hmm, what is he what's he up to? You know, it's funny because I get that a lot. As soon as I camera off, people are like, What the fuck? What's Eagle doing? What's Eagle <laughs> yeah. doing? Yeah. There's times where I've I've actually taken it. There's one episode where I it's in the title. And for the longest time, that was like one of the most watched episodes. I put right in there. I'm like, such and such, boom, and Grokowski stopping, and I take a nap. And I fucking passed out for like 45 minutes. Just cameraed right up. Fucking woke back up. <laughs> was that the New Year's one? That New Year's show was great. That was awesome. I, I like went to sleep and woke up, and you guys were all still going. I was like, this is, I think I watched you pretty much all day long. It was awesome. No, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that one, but uh, definitely a few. Yeah. But, and I've had, there was one the other night where I've got uh, some tincture. It's a, a mushroom tincture. Oh, yeah. And that shit. 
and you put a little bit under the tongue, one of the dropper under the tongue, and just let it sit there. Doesn't taste very good, but it hits nope. hard. Yeah, so and, that's uh, a double extraction. So you have to double extract with mushrooms and especially psilocybin um, to to get their effects, like lion's mane and, and chaga and stuff like that. Uh, I just know that because of my wife. But yeah, those tinctures are uh, super, super strong. So I took one before the show, the droplet the other day, and man, like it was a, it was a wormhole. I, I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go in, clap, take some, and then I'm like, it's about twenty minutes into the show, I can fucking everybody's like, oh, he's got mushroom face. Here he goes, he's got mushroom <laughs> face again. And, and so I'm like, ah, fuck it. Uh, I go in and I'm like. So it comes like 4.20, and thank goodness everybody was still hanging out because I was thinking to myself, man, if everybody bails on me right now, there's no fucking way I can do shout-outs. And luckily, everybody yeah. hung out for like another 45 minutes. <laughs> and fucking, <laughs> There was one night I did them on uh, the Michigan Bros Grow Show when I was uh, – I, I did that for a while. But I, there was one episode – where I'm tripping balls and it it's right before like the night late, you know, the do your shout outs, you know, your goodbyes. Yeah. It goes from they're going around and it's right coming up to me and it just I'm looking into the camera and I can see like that red eye in there. And it just seemed like a fucking freight train coming at me. Like I'm like I can't do it. I can't do it. They're just like getting right up to me and I'm like out of here. Click. Quit, quit. And they're like, well, I guess Eagle's out of here. And I'm like sitting yeah. here. I'm still watching the show and I'm like <sighs> just like I just like I had stepped out of like way of a real trade. Yeah. And it was like, oh, thank goodness I got out of the way of that. You know what I That's mean? That's hilarious. <laughs> I um so I'll I'll eat some mushrooms and I I'm a, I'm a big golfer. Um I, I, I've, I've played ever since I was young. I played in tournaments over in Europe in high school. And uh, so I play uh, indoor golf and I'll, I'll like maybe a little over microdose when I go and play indoor golf and uh, man, nothing like it. It's so much fun. I bet I've never yeah. even thought about it, but that would be kick ass. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, there'll be a couple of us playing and, you know, we'll all, we'll all eat just, just a little bit and play golf and fucking pew, lots of tracers. And so. <laughs> I can see that being a good time right there. Good time. Yeah, man. You know, it's, so do you prefer to smoke cannabis on uh, mushrooms? That's another thing people say, no, I don't like to smoke weed. I do. I actually like to smoke some weed on. No, I, I, I never. Let's see if I can say this right. I never haven't. So I don't know what it would be like to not. Okay. Okay. Did enough. that work? Did that? Did that work? That works. That yeah. Works. Okay. So yeah, I've I've always so, I've I've always smoked. I know some people are different, you know, some, it affects some people, like it blows their minds up. 
uh, intensifies, but I don't, I don't find that to be the case with myself. So I've always enjoyed smoking cannabis on the, on the mushrooms. Let me ask you this. Because I find it to be more and more common than I thought. I thought I was like just that weird fucker that I'm I'm not circumcised. No, <laughs> no, no. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I I thought no, I, I thought I was the only one that ever did this and it was uh I did not circumcise myself. <laughs> <laughs> no. sorry man sorry sorry i'm just <laughs> take, taking some mushrooms and going to sleep and oh yeah fucking, I, that's one of the best trips i've ever had or best experiences yep. yeah no problem um i have never had a problem falling asleep on any hallucinogen when sydney comes to town no problems falling asleep uh salvia even though it doesn't last very long the after effects might keep you up no problem um yeah, I, I guess I'm pretty fortunate that way. Well, I mean, like, taking... I've been, like, mid... Or peak oh, yeah. trip. Peak. Yeah, Fell peak. And, just... and then fucking had some of the best... Uh, best dream state sleep, lucid sleep, to where I had, like, a, a good journey. Woke up in a great place. Look, there was one time I woke up seeing aura, so I could see an aura for an hour or two, and it was just one of the best experiences I've ever had on mushrooms. Yeah, I, uh, I, I honestly don't remember much of the things I did when I was on hallucinogens because, uh, as a person with, I would, I would consider myself to have an addictive personality. I tend to. I tend to do too much of those types of fun things. So, um, yeah, I was, uh, not sure why, what you said to trigger me saying that. We were talking about, uh, about trips there and, uh, uh, <laughs> just all, all about hallucinations. Yeah. So, I got a little off myself, a little squirreled yeah. myself. Yeah. There's a lot of good times I've had on uh on some though myself, man. I've I've actually taken a few vacations on uh on some uh acid. I mean like actual vacations, like the whole trip while <laughs> I was gone, like one day, two days. And uh out of town trips are fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, town I, trips can be fun. I went to this uh this like uh festival called Harvest Fest in Maine. It's back in the early 2000s. And uh man, my <clears throat> I I think yeah, I, I think I still had my trachea in actually, like a tube in my throat. And um you know, I was smoking joints through it. And I, I think I had like basically run out of like usable money and I had run out of basically drugs to do and it was like I had only been there like five hours I didn't plan very well or I had a lot of fun in those five hours but I ran into my buddy 
again, the same friend that uh, grew that eight-week Durban poison, and he happened to have some liquid. And I, I was, he's like, hey, man, how's it going? He gave me a big hit off his pipe. Off, I was like, oh, thanks, thanks. He's like, what's going on? It's like, oh, you know, I ran out of money, just kind of, man. He's like, oh, I got you. Open up your mouth. And he had those little, remember those little uh, uh, sweet breath drops? You know, they're like the Listerine strips, but they were from like the 2000s. So it was, that was full of liquid. And he took that thing and he, squirted probably half the bottle in my mouth and i was lucky that festival was three days long because i don't remember it until i left like i i have no idea what i did no idea i i could have got jerked off by a by a camp counselor in the woods somewhere and i i wouldn't even remembered it i have no idea i'll probably get a flashback like when i'm 75 and i'll be like oh no my God. but <laughs> <laughs> did it happen or did it not happen <laughs> yeah it'll be like this re- repressed memory when I have Alzheimer's I'll be like no get away from me no you may not get your mouth away from there <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man. Yeah. liquid could be pretty crazy yeah I actually yeah, I wouldn't remember it had a whole summer like that at one point uh, where it was all kind of liquid hippie chick caught up with a hippie chick for a summer there yeah as I fast was, uh... as she could I told that story I <laughs> before basically long story short I I don't even know if she exists <laughs> she came in yeah. it was it was all that big of a trip that big of a you know what I mean it, oh yeah yeah haven't yeah. seen her since day one day all yeah it was yeah it's yeah she disappeared just like that it was like a whole summer of hanging out with her and the first day was a trip last day was a trip gone you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Never seen her again. Never seen her again. Once she was gone, she was gone. Yep. Just be thankful for the time you had, man. (laughs) Crazy times, man. They were good times, though. Yeah, I was, uh, let's see, my senior year in high school and, like, that next year until I fell, I was big into, like, ecstasy and acid those are my candy striping those were my 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 fun my fun things to do and i was in in high school one time and it was you know i i had eaten like a bean and a a little uh piece of blotter like in second period and it was getting towards the end of the day and i was start i was I was really, really high. And the vice principal comes up and he's like, you know, my hearing was kind of off. And he was like, little white rabbit. You know, my eyes are about like this pupils, about you know, my eyes look like I'm a devil. They're just like straight up black. There is no white of my eyes. It's just black pupil. I'm like, what? And all I can hear is white rabbit. And he's, 
you know, he always, he's a vice principal. So he's always looking at you like the, like the father from cloudy with a chance of meatballs with just his eyebrows showing. He always looks angry. And so finally I'm like, he said it three or four times. And I just kept going, what, what? Finally, I'm like, I don't understand what you are saying to me. And he was, he goes, who drives the little white rabbit? And it, he was asking who was leaving school. Like he was asking me who was leaving school in a little white rabbit. And I was like tripping my balls off. And like, those are the things that happen when I trip. Like, and, and I find, I, I don't know if that's just a theory or if that always happens to people, but like just this most random fucked up things happen to me when, when I'm tripping, like, you know, for no reason, the police will show up somewhere where I am and be like, hey, uh, I want to have a long conversation with you while you're high on acid or something. It's like, uh, you never talked to me in my life before. Why? Why? You know? <laughs> That's funny. I'd stay home if that were the case. Holy cow. Yeah, right. Nobody likes that intense, intense conversation with the police on a on a trip like that. That's no fun. No, it's it's pretty freaky. It's pretty freaky. No. Good time, so. Are there uh any questions from the the group or the the comment section? Uh well, it takes 20 seconds for them to reply. So far they've been enjoying the stories. Oh, good. Good. So far. Yeah, you know, like... This has been a good interview, uh, by the way. I've had, you know, this has been a lot of fun. Like I said beforehand, I don't put these together. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. So, have you? how's it been on your end? Have you had a good time tonight? I've I've had a blast. I, you know, like, I, honestly, I would have no, I, I had no idea that you didn't have some sort of, like, at least question that you that you went down because you always seem like to have something to ask someone to keep things rolling and and as a viewer uh it's always super appreciated that there's not like any lag time just staring at each other it's it's super cool uh and to answer your question yes i've had a super fun time being on uh, I don't know if I've taught anyone anything. I, I don't really know. That wasn't really my my reason for being on. I just wanted to say hi and introduce myself on the video. And like, yeah, I've had a blast. It's been cool. Well, that is the point behind these things. You know what I mean? If It's a chance to get to know the person behind the screen names that we chat with you know, night after night, because there is a deeper side to all of us besides, you know, what little bit that we put into our chats and stuff. And that's the fun part about introducing yourself is now, at least for me and everybody else that's done this and went this gauntlet, is from now forth, you know, when you see the names, you don't see you don't see the the name anymore. You kind of see the you know the the face in the words. You hear yeah. the words. It's no more. You know what I mean. It takes away from that. So in in it, in this process, sometimes we do get to learn a lot about the person and their you know their methods. 
you know, what they're doing in their gardens, but we get to learn about the person themselves. And that's what it's about. That's what this thing's about is getting to know the person behind the screen names. And yeah. it's, it makes this community all the stronger. It really, it really does, man. It now does. The, it's like our own little mycelium network, you know? Yeah, and it, it does, you know. So I, I'm super glad that you've had fun tonight and came to, you know, to do this. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully that you do come popping in the wormholes now because now oh. you get to... Not, now you get wormhole I, access. I know the other night when you when I don't know if your inter, your interview might have ended early or or whatever, but it wasn't like uh, you you had a while until you were starting the wormhole or or the rabbit hole, whichever one it it goes to. But you know you were like you're like oh if anyone wants to jump on, I didn't realize you were talking about that. I thought you were talking about to fill in time to go to go until then, and then I was like oh shit. It's like, I feel like a dummy, but oh, well, I'm glad that you stepped up and took the night, man. Moreover, man, it does. It helps us every time somebody that steps up from the community and does this, it gives us another night to hang out. You know what I mean? This buys yeah. us another night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I just looked at the time and I was like, geez, I'm just wondering what time it was. And here it's almost two o'clock. And I was like, well, wow, holy shit. It doesn't, doesn't even feel like it's that been that long. No, it goes really fast. It, it really you know, does. How long did you, how you you in the beginning? You didn't sound like you'd be going that long, but again, we went a couple, two and a half yeah, hours. You, you bring you bring the chat out of me, which I appreciate. Like I was saying, generally, I don't, you know, I, I don't uh, talk a whole lot. You know, I, I say things with purpose. So I, I don't, I don't find myself just talking for the sake of talking. So I'm, I'm glad you pulled that. I'm glad you pulled that out of me, the being able to sustainably talk for a little bit, not, not lose track too bad. Oh no, man! It's been a great night, man. It's been a great night. I'm looking forward to getting you on some of these rabbit holes. So I hope that you don't disappoint, man. No, I man. I, I like I, the. I, I I'll pop on. I really like the ones that are so like, you know, being a fisherman. My my time schedule. I I wake up anywhere from three o'clock in the morning until you know until about six. That's my, my time frame. So when I wake up that early and I turn you on, you guys are all on. It's like, Oh, cool. I can go downstairs. I can open my tent. I can listen to you guys. I can, uh, I can work down here. I can play with my plants. I can, you know, do my dabs. I can press some flour if I want to, but it's, it's cool to have some company, you know? And now you can let us in. Give yeah, right. Garden tour, show us what you're pressing. That's yeah, awesome. I'll, uh, one of these days I'll I'll do a, a press for you guys. You know, I've got this um, this really fire cultivar right now, and um, it's the Royal Chem from Greenpoint Seeds, and it's pressing out at 33 uh, percent flower rosin, which is which is a real which is a which is a really really big yield for flower rosin, you know, not hash rosin or or 
or dry sift, but just pressing flour. And the terpene profile is uh, exquisite, you know? It's uh, like so a roasted... Like a roasted lime and with a with a little with a little like of gasoline, you know, just just one of those over over like a a finely roasted lime. You know, when you have that fajita pan that's really hot that comes out in the restaurant and you squirt the lime on it and that steam that comes up, it's like, oh, it's kind of burny, but it's nice and acidic and sweet and tangy all at the same time. Like, oh. So with that being said, do you prefer the flour, Rosin? You know, that's you know, one thing that I'm... I can't, I can't see wasting my beautiful hash pressing it into rosin. I, myself, if I were to want to press stuff, I would press flour because I would want all the oils, all the good stuff in it. You know what I mean? I would hate, why am I filtering it, filtering it, filtering it when I want to press, get all the extract out of it? That's my opinion, but what's yeah, your opinion? Yeah, that's, that's a, so I am a fan of flour rosin. Um, I think if you have the proper environment and the proper uh, equipment, that fresh frozen can be just as good, if not, if not a lot better than flour itself, because you are retaining those oils and stuff. And then you're, you're washing them off. And then if you're, if you have the right, like, if you're using a freeze dryer, you know, you're retaining, you're retaining more of that oil than you're, I think, than you're losing. So, um, you know, that, that being said, I love pressing flour, uh, especially, but I'll only press certain flour. Like if I have, I always test them out. And if I have something that presses at 20 to 24, 5%, then I don't, I'll press it out and smoke a little bit of it, but I know I'm going to get more use from the flour itself. But on this Royal Chem that's pressing out 33%, it's not, it's not the tightest of flour. I had some issues in during flour, uh, some, some timing issues, but it's frosty as all fuck all. Um, so I know that I'm getting more from the flour rosin for use than I would from the flour. So that's, that's kind of how I judge, like if I'm going to press it, if I'm not going to press it, so on and so forth. You know, that's one thing I've never stuck on one, one type of, uh, ingested method or the other man i yeah sometimes i like the heady high of dabs and then there's times where you couldn't pull a flower out of my hand for nothing yeah i just like that nice sit down time relax time of a joint and taking it taking my time I i do notice uh with with my throat stuff that 
uh, since I've been smoking flower rosin or, or bubble rosin, uh, live rosin, that when I go back to smoking flower, like smoking that joint that I was smoking, like I can feel it in my throat. I can, I can, I can hear it in my voice. Just the very, very heavy, uh, just from smoking more of the organic material than I would be from the rosin. I, it, I, it just feels more, more constricted than, than from smoking rosin. So I do notice that. Don't get me wrong. I love my flower, but you know, I, I, I do notice that as I, as I get older and, you know, So I got to tell you, for somebody that uh, has smoked out the the injury in their neck there, that has to qualify you as one of the badass cannabis smokers that I've ever come across, man. Oh, man, no, that's... That's, Yeah. when, When you're smoking like that, you have got a love for this thing like nobody else. I, and, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. Like <clears throat> I, I'd like people to know that if, if I am a little uh, abrasive towards you in chat or in a Facebook group or on, uh, some social media platform, you know, it's, it's only out of love for the, this plant, you know, um, we've taken so many wrong turns with this plant that the ship needs to be righted. And if, you know, I, I, I do have a tendency to be abrasive when it comes to discussing certain technicalities and, and, and viewpoints of cannabis. And so for those of you that I have been, you know, I, it's, it comes from a place of love. It's like, uh, it's like when your dad hits you because he loves you. Oh, you're, you're, there's no worry with that. You're, we're all entitled to our opinions. Yeah. And that's one yeah. thing that uh, I think, uh, you know, is nice about this community is we we respect each other's opinions. We're allowed to have discussions, but at the end of the night, we smoke a joint, we fucking go home, right? we turn it off, and then we come back the next night and bright eye, bushy tail, looking for the next conversation. And- and that's the funniest thing. Like most chances, like if, if, if the interactions were more like this or in person and, and they would be, they would be disagreements and you're right. We'd, we'd end up smoking together, but you know, that, I don't know. I've told, I've told plenty of people to go jerk off in a corner before and, you know, I, I can be quite abrasive myself. I, it's funny because I use the word "fucker" as a lot of times as uh, terms of uh, as a term of endearment. Absolutely, you know, a lot of times if I call you "fucker," Ray, you "fucker," man, it's out of love. I mean, I've I've had people, I've 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 used it towards my kids, and you know, oh yeah, and it's in a There's, loving way too. Let's. Let's not lie. Let's not lie. We've all called our kids little fuckers in a loving way. Like, and, and in a not so loving way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. 
I used it the other night in chat. I it, I called somebody a fucker. I, it was, but a lot of times I call four twenty four twenty because he's on my level with the fucker thing. But yeah, I I think I called somebody else a fucker, and chat just like stop. Like, did he just really call this somebody a fucker? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's a good thing. Trust me, it's it's not bad. I don't mean it as a bad way. Yeah, like you'll the 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 tone totally changes when it's a bad thing. You'll like if you hear me say fucker enough, you'll you'll know when it's a bad thing. Because oh, it'll man. probably be preceded by a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you no, know, it it can still be a good thing with a motherfucker included. Oh, yeah. got it. Yeah. To be honest with me. <laughs> oh man, yes, I am. Yeah, and there was one show where I I don't even want to say the word because every time I say the word, it just comes to. It's not even a bad word. But it just happens. So my response to what was happening was to try to figure it out. Because some cunt? people were trying to say, no, oh, no, no. I'd like, I like, I want to try to bring twat back. That's a fun word to say. I love twat. It, That's a great word. It's a fun word to say. It's, it's a, a fun great word. We, we have a lot but, of twat uh, waffle usage here. Twat waffle <laughs> is, is, is big here. <laughs> Nice. I'm glad. That's a, yeah. it's a good to hear. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out what was what was causing the issue. Some were saying, "Well, it's it's the swear word in the title," or you guys were swearing. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. It's in the title. I don't think it's that. So I challenged it. It was like one night. I was kind of pissy because it happened. This incident happened like five nights in a row where I was like getting in trouble for some, you know, I was getting, I don't even, I'm not even going to say it because it happens, but I couldn't figure it out. So I, I popped on it like a, a late night. It was a rabbit hole back then. They were rabbit holes back then. It's changed. It's a wormhole now, but it was the rabbit hole. It yeah. just, I, we changed it because it just, everybody was using it everywhere you turned. It was rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. We're like, eh, now it's the wormhole. (laughs) But it was a rabbit hole then. So I get on, and I'm like, you know what? It can't be the vulgar language. So I went on, and I played. It was a quick episode, maybe 45 minutes. I played Wheeler Walker. Every Wheeler Walker song I could find that had fucking vulgarity in it, which if you've ever listened to Wheeler uh, Wheeler Walker Jr., he's hilarious hilarious funny stuff you gotta listen to it's country and he's like one of his songs is like sit on my face sit on my face because he too piggy ride my mouth till you pussy gets sick come on anyway i like smoking pot a lot there's a bunch of them i played all of them sang them all i encourage chat to say fuck I'm like, come on, everybody. One, two, three, right fucking chat. <laughs> Couldn't get the issue. This issue didn't happen. I'm like, that ain't it. But I, you know, I, I did that night. I, I I don't know. I could have overdid the amount of fucks on one show that night. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
wasn't the issue. Wasn't the issue. Out of all the shows I did, that one never got no trouble at nothing. all. I'm like, yeah, nothing. I'm like, see, told you guys it wasn't that. <laughs> but I don't know. Hey, uh, can you, you can you give me one second to go grab something to drink? Hell yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. just point you guys at the garden. Hey, God, just talk to you for a minute. Uh, I'll be back in just a second. What's up, 42420 for our firms? I seen you, Steve. Justin Station 42420 again. Oh, man. Some good juice. Get some juice myself. How you guys doing tonight? Smoking Grove Phaser. GMO. What's up, guys? How you doing? What are you smoking on? Always the dead air question, I guess. Fake with shake, baby. What was that? I couldn't hear you. You guys are right on with that. Chronic Wonders, welcome to the show. Hopefully, we haven't scared you off with a little bit of potty talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. All right. I was looking back at Chad. Chad's full of twats. Full of twat jokes. Full of twats and twat waffles. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so, um, let's see. Um, yeah, uh, right now I'm just kind of, as far as, Wise, like I'm just waiting for my cover crop to come in, waiting for these uh, seedlings to get big enough to transplant into this bed, and then I'm just gonna uh, rock them out and take out the males and see what I get for females. So, what did I, what strains are you dropping? Did we did we cover that? What's in the uh, this particular strain is going to be uh, a tester strain from Boneyard Seeds. So I think it's the Space Cheese uh, tester run that he's doing. So that'll be in this bed. And then uh, I, I have a couple different things. I have some Cherry Pie. I have some um, Bruce Banner number three. I'm going to have some Mac 1 uh, on its way. And... Uh, Something I'm, I'm unfamiliar with, a divorce cake crossed with uh, Zittles, Z-Skittles. Z so, we'll like see. This, these breeders are fucking hilarious on some of these names they're putting out there. So, we've got wedding cake and we've got divorce cake now. There's a yeah, I guess, and there's, there's lava cake. So, is pound cake i would have to i would have to think that the the divorce cake would have to be like completely completely on the other spectrum yeah I, as wedding cake i would think wedding cake would have to be like nice and sweet and i don't know but the divorce it, cake i would have like, to be like all loud and halitosis and halitosis <laughs> <I don't> and <laughs> <laughs> fucking stinky feet and white truffles. 
super loud and just leave that taste in your mouth and it have to be yeah night and day from wedding to divorce cake i don't know i've i've never heard of it i think that's funny though i just stuck yeah, i've never i've never had a, i've never had the wedding cake i i have some right now that i'm i have going up at the uh the other grow so it, like i was saying up here in maine like i don't know we <clears throat> I know, at least for myself, I was never uh, exposed to genetics in any sort of way, even even up until, you know, I stopped growing when I had my kid in 2011 until I started again. Like, you just weren't exposed to genetics up this way. It was you got what you someone else got um, or you got a bag seed. Like you didn't have dispensaries that you got bag seed with that were getting verified cuts from California or anything like that. Like you, you grew what you got in a bag that you really liked and hopefully you had a seed in it. Most of the times you did. So, you know, just learning about the breeders and the cultivars that have popped up in the last fuck let's even say seven years let's go just seven years is mind numbing like i don't i don't even want to understand any of them i don't i don't need i just to remember the names and blah blah blah, like that's that doesn't make me the kind of grower that that i am you know or that i want to be uh so it was a lot easier, like I was saying, when we were younger, back in back in the 2000s and late 90s and stuff like, you know, that Durban, it was like Durban poison. It was NL Hayes cross, or NL5 crossed with skunk number one. It was uh, NL crossed with Hayes. It was, you know, that is that was what you were getting. And up until recently, like, you know, all of a sudden people in Maine like found out about genetics and uh, like we're we're growing some fucking killer cannabis up this way now. Like not we always grew killer cannabis, but it was always it. It was always the same kind of stuff. And now that there's some variety and like genetics have been worked and they're available man maine is like a sleeper state there's some there's some like really just like craft beer you know there's some really really fine craft beers coming out of maine and there's some really really fine cannabis coming out of maine that's the beauty of some partial legalization there is that uh that right there the refining of just some great cannabis that's for sure yeah. And, you know, I, I don't grow anything big. I've, I've never done any breeding, but seeing and learning from all these people that are breeders that are actually putting out like, hey, if you want to try this, let's let's start you off on the right foot. Let's not lead you astray. Let's not let you just figure it out on yourself and, you know, not look. And, and just waste your time and other people's time and put something else, put something out. That's just not 
not what it should be. You know, let's let's start you off proper. I, I don't even know where to start off, but the people that do, kudos to you for helping people like me at least think about and start to want to learn how to maybe just do that for ourselves. You know, something something that we've gotten seed for and that we really liked that uh, that we would like to maybe cross with something else that we really liked. Um, you know, to be to know how to do that and be able to do that just adds another another tool to a, a home grower's toolbox. And after all, that's that's what we're that's what we're after is it's just more tools in our toolbox, more more things to be able to use. It's that onion that you're referring to, man. That's the yep. beauty of this thing, man. Is like. Every time you seem to get on that keel where you kind of might be eh, bored of it or whatever, there's that notch you can take it up. There's always another avenue that cannabis seems to draw you in deeper yeah. and deeper. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, like we were saying before, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a life, it's a life altering um activity and if it isn't then you're you're very possibly doing it wrong or doing it for the wrong reasons you know yeah i this i've I've had a lifelong relationship with this plant that's for sure yeah and uh i don't plan on giving it up anytime soon no, and I, I think we're fortunate to be able to say that. You know, a, a lot of people, a lot of people aren't in in the position that 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 we're in. You go like, as far as being able to to say that we grew way back then and we never got caught. You know, if we had gotten caught, we'd, we'd be right in right in fucking jail. You know, still to this day, um, or at least I know I would, and I know a lot of people that you know, lost everything they had back in the, in the early two thousands for, for growing just a few plants. Um, so it's, we're, we're, we're fortunate to be here today and to be able to say we got out with, with our tails to, to legalization, you know, so pour a little out for, for the ones we lost along the way. Right. There's certainly been a lot of them. Well, hopefully as, you know, decriminalization comes on, we can start expunging some records and letting some people out for uh, that, that, what that would be been punished for. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, you know, and then that gets into the whole corporate America sort of thing and American Medical Association and DuPont and all those, all those big players, you know, holding, holding back what could have been saving the world for so long, um, you know, holding it back on purpose. So. Chad's hilarious, by the way, I gotta, I, I gotta relate this just because it was, yeah. uh, it pertains to our conversation, but Bake with Jake, baby, 
says the dif- the difference between wedding cake and divorce cake it's it's the same wedding cake but you only get half <laughs> <laughs> half the yield yeah. <laughs> or 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 does it double in weight once you marry it <laughs> that's a good one too <laughs> i i believe that's phenotype it comes down to phenotype yeah. yeah it depends depends which sister you got yeah <laughs> oh man i don't know if i can do that it's, on air i can do it right do they the chat is still going on they've got slutty divorce cake or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they are still going on about the case. That's yeah. good. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I've got uh, like I've I've got this vault of genetics. You know, so one of my one of my favorite cultivars of all time has been uh, as far as flavor has been uh, Samango from Soma Sacred Seeds. And I I have a, a pack that was redone by uh, these guys over at uh, Golden Nuggets Genetics. One guy I think is actually out of Michigan. His name's Jason Tobin. The other guy's out of Orono, Maine, which is like, oh, like an hour and a half away from the north. And so they, you know, they have these redone feminized line of Samango and man I will tell you what this is the best tasting cannabis I have had uh, other than some actual Hawaiian pineapple uh, in ever since I've started smoking it's uh, it's pretty crazy so I yeah I'm thinking about growing that but I've got like I've got crazy amounts of genetics. Like I've got a bunch of cap gear. I've got a bunch of uh, weed should taste good gear. Yeah, I've got uh, some mean gene from Mendocino. Freeborn. The Ghost OG and Sky Jaro. And the cool thing about... Uh, the sky jarro is uh i was talking to i think it was tony was telling no i think it was mean gene he said that uh the sky jarro is um has the same father as the the fabled root beer so he said you know through through that you may be able to find a line of of the similar root beer pheno so that's always exciting so if you anyone can grab any stuff with sky jaro in it just know that you know that's a possibility for you yeah i'm I'm, kind of trying to figure out what i what i want to run next i mean i have like i have like tony's gear up the wazoo just got like packs and packs and packs of of DDA boneyard gear. Um, Not a bad problem. No, I've, you know, I got a hat, I got a t-shirt. He was nice enough to send me those, but, uh, yeah, it's got, um, 
some uh, some Royal Kush, uh, Mandelbrot's Royal Kush that I want to run outdoors. I ran some Royal Spill uh, from Emerald Mountain Legacy, which is a uh, Royal 7 and Royal 8 mixture with a triple X OG. But it's uh, like I was saying how I don't like to grow outdoors in Maine. So this is the first plant that I've grown outdoors that um, has did not have any PM, did not have any pests and did not have any uh, bud rot. And it finished mid late, late, late September is when I cut it. It was, it was all ready to go. So it, um, and that was the, uh, the Royal spill from Emerald mountain legacy. So I'm going to run this Royal Kush, which is, you know, the line that it was bred from and hope that that turns out really well outside. Cause I, I grow in Hugo culture beds outdoors. You familiar with Hugo culture? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So I, I built these four by four beds. They look like, look like uh, some little kid built them with sticks. Those are like my walls. I built them with like, I went out in the woods and I found sticks and I just crisscrossed them all around. And uh, went and found a bunch of broken logs and, you know, leaf mold and stuff like that and threw it in there with some uh, straw and some pro mix and stuck some plants in there and they were they're the best plants i've ever grown outdoors i was absolutely blown away yeah i I definitely would like to try to get out there at some point myself to the outdoors yeah have you have you ever been to maine no 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 Hopefully someday. Well, if you get out here, I'll take you out uh, lobstering. Take you out to catch some lobster, buddy. Jesus, Bob. I'll take you up on that. I ever ever get out that way, that's for sure. We'll see if you get seasick. Ooh, that that might be a possibility. I do. I get squirmy as hell in big water. Yeah. And it, it's a lot yeah. it's a lot different when you can't see shore that's what gets me yeah yeah <laughs> well, you know that's what gets me yeah that's why they say harbors harbors and bays are for sportsmen you know uh, that's for sure once the once the land gets out of and it you know what's funny is it can be an unswimmable distance for me too. There's just something about that security blanket of knowing that it's, you know, right there. I can. It's see called it. hope. It gives me some comfort, but once it's out of yeah. fucking, <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. I can believe yeah. that. Yeah, you know, we go by the uh, up up here this way. The the water, it'll warm up for a couple months, but that's about it. Usually, it's about fifty degrees or 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 less. And uh, so we have this, it's said the, this old saying, it's the 50-50 rule, which is if you fall out of a boat uh, in the water, uh, let's see, 
the water temperature is 50 degrees, you have a 50% chance of being able to swim 50 yards. Most, most, most people before you either catch hypothermia or just give up or your muscles tense up and you can't swim anymore because they're, you know, all the acid and stuff goes to your limbs and retracts and muscle contractions and stuff. So, yeah. So if you, if you fall in the water at 50 degrees, 50 yards away from shore, you have a 50% chance of making it. Yeah. Well, you got a 50% chance of making it. So that's, that's better than a 0% chance. True that. True that. Yeah, the optimistic side of it. Yeah, yeah, but we'll we'll keep you out of the water. We'll put a life jacket on you. Right. We'll just dress you up in a survival suit <laughs> and kind of like bungee cord you to the side of the the wheelhouse. It's kind of a double edged sword. I hate the big water, but I do like adrenaline. So, do you like uh, you roller coasters? Adrenaline, unless you're like, oh, I love roller coasters. Anything that'll scare the shit out of me, basically. See, I'm not a roller coaster guy, and I hate airplanes. I hate airplanes. Hate them with a passion. First time I was up in a plane, I got a window seat, and the whole thing, the whole time I was up in that thing, I was, I couldn't think of anything else but jumping out of that motherfucker. And I still haven't skydived yet, but it's it's high on the list. Well, I'm glad you don't fly them. (laughs) 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 You'd be like that Indo Indo Asian six seventeen flight with that co pilot just (laughs) No, I just It's a different feeling when I would think when you're fleeing just Jumping out of a perfectly good plane, I guess. Yeah, I don't see the sense in it. I I won't be doing it. I'll leave that up to you, you, uh, you different frequency type of people. Well, you're you're way more aerodynamic some, too. You might, you know, bald head, just slide through like a bullet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hit a couple Hopefully clouds. That's how you'll, it works. you'll hit a couple clouds. You'll have to wipe your head off. My luck, it will be like the. I'll just get hit with everything, just on the way down. It'll some birds. Like, <laughs> some yeah, birds. Some shit. lightning. Thunder. Some airplane shit. Yeah, like someone flushes the you know the Joe Dirte meteoroid, kind of catches it on the ankle on the way down. Fucking top of my melon be all covered in June bugs. <laughs> painful, painful June bugs. Yeah. So how'd he die? Was it from, did he die from the landing? No, actually it was blunt force trauma from June bugs. He was dead well before he hit the ground. He was going so fast, one went right through the top of his melon, through his chin. Yes, you would think. <laughs> you would think terminal velocity, a June bug would just explode, but nope. 
He must have had a soft spot. Went right through him, down to his toes. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it won't go like that. Hopefully it doesn't go like that. You never know, though. Well, man, I uh, I have been up since 4.30. So That's I quite think... A yeah, I think I have to start wrapping it up and calling it a an evening or a morning or I, I'm not even quite sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on and going the distance. You went for quite a long time, man, and I appreciate it, man. I more than I can even tell you. I I, I um I'm 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 grateful for you saying that. I, I really I, I do appreciate that from my heart. And uh you know I'm I'm glad you can put a, a face to the name now. Me too, me too. And I'm glad everybody else can as well. And uh please do keep that the Zoom number, that invitation that I sent you. Okay. Please keep that. That's that is the key. That right. is the um, to the rabbit hole, the wormhole, whatever you want to call it, it's the wormhole now. That's the key to the wormhole. And anytime you want to come, you don't don't feel like you need me to reach out and say, come on. If you just wake up and we're on, you're like, hey, I want to get out with the motherfuckers that smoke a joint. That's all oh, cool. you need. That's all you need. That's all yeah, you need. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know, I, I, I've, I've looked forward to uh you know being on your show and i've really looked forward to interacting with you um and interacting with your other panel members man you've had some like amazing amazing panel members on here and people that keep showing up you know that that really like hanging out with you uh and just 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 talking shit with eagle gardens you know what i mean like uh it's 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 cool what you've put together and and now i mean i was happy to be a part of it through chat and now i'm just even more grateful to uh to be a part of it through through face to face so so hats off looking looking forward to it my friend and i wish i would have known you were heading up to that because you just gave me probably one of the best sound bites i could ask for but now I got to turn around, and now that I'm recording, I've got to ask you for your soundbite again. But could you please give me a, a, a soundbite, my friend? This is episode 331. Yeah, hopefully, you know what I'm kind of looking for. Yeah, you know yeah. For I you? mean, as far as episode 331 goes, this is Cheddar Bob 13. Uh, and I am just having the greatest time talking shit with Eagle Gardens here on uh, here on his YouTube station. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. So uh, I love it. Well, thank you again, sir, man. I can't I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to getting you in one of these wormholes and getting you to chat with everybody else. It's going to be a good yeah, time. Man. And yeah. I know everybody else has enjoyed this because they're still. 94 watching and we've peaked over 100 tonight i think we tapped like a 110 on a thursday that's, night you know this late so that's pretty cool for this late. a lot about you in this conversation no, man that's man. It's that's all you that's episode. all you yeah people were like people were like who the fuck is this asshole that has always run his face on chat we're gonna we're gonna see what he looks like oh 
he looks like an asshole too. God damn it. No, not even. No, not, not even. Just, I think you'd no. be pleasantly surprised at all the good shit that has been said tonight. And I hope oh. you do go back and watch because there's oh, I will. There's lot, been a lot of good stuff said. So I appreciate it. Uh, no, I, I the chat is always it's a great place to to interact with people. I've I've really I, I've really enjoyed being par- a part of your community. So there are lots of lots of good people, lots of lots of real good people. And it, you know what's cool is that there are quite a few people that follow you from Maine, man. Like you've got quite quite a few people from Maine. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. Been, that's awesome to hear, man. Look forward to hearing from more of you guys. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, dude. I am going to sign off. Um, I appreciate it very much. Maybe if I wake up in two hours uh, and you're still on with the the wormhole or something like that, if you're even doing it, then I'll watch you. But for now... Uh, have a great right. night. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Me too. Thank you, my friend. Get some rest and uh, see you soon. Right on. Good night. You guys, what a great episode. Hopefully you guys, I, a lot of you guys did subscribe to his YouTube channel. Pretty awesome. If you guys aren't following him on Instagram, you should be under the same name. Chetabob13. What a great guy. What an amazing conversation. I look forward to seeing him again. Well, that does end this portion of tonight's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Well, I know you guys enjoyed it by the all the many that are still hanging out. But it is time for another wormhole. Give me a few minutes to use the restroom and get my stuff together. And we'll come back and do... 331.5 the wormhole look forward to seeing most of you there those of you that aren't gonna travel along over through the wormhole thank you very much for hanging out I greatly appreciate your time as well hopefully you know this routine uh, please do something nice for somebody random acts of kindness do save lives I'm a living breathing example of that Thank you for tuning in. Tune in tomorrow night, tonight, Friday night. Mole Vision 420 will be here at 1130 with me when we're doing the spotlight again. But that does end this one. So please tune into the wormhole in about five, ten minutes. Look forward to seeing you. But if not, thank you for tuning in. 